Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame to his game because he is always the same. That's me. Grumpy, we're here live Saturday evening after the Islanders' last game of the season to cap off the, you know, underwhelming 2021-2022 season, Grumpy. Yes, I'd say that's correct. The season has mercifully ended. We were a 500 team. Uh, Uh, That's where you and I disagree. Hey, an overtime loss is still a loss. I don't give them credit. Like, that game doesn't count. That being said, um, for those of you who are new to the show, uh, just housekeeping items, this is a a twice-a-week Islanders podcast that takes place on Wednesdays and Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We also have another show that we do on Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That is a general sports podcast. We talk all things sports, have a good time, have a quite a few laughs and just shoot the shit that's definitely worth checking out as this year and as this time period now starts the islanders off season if you're looking to say hey i want to start want to start paying attention to baseball more i want to start investing a little bit of my time in the nba playoffs i want to get ready for the nfl and college football coming even soccer that is the best place to do so it's called tj and the grumpy old man can be found and that that can be found as a featured channel on our youtube page as i've got popped up on the screen or can be found in the link in the description below grump i just want to tell you something tj there's a lady who lives in my neighborhood and you know i told her about the podcast and uh they don't know who you are but they're like oh his voice is really good he's got a really good voice and he's you know good looking you know he's a good looking young man and i'm like you want to know what her name was um non-existent figment of your imagination what was her name grump helen keller Oh, thank you. Blind death. <laughs> oh, yes, there it is. Helen. No, Kelly. no. But what she did say that you and you, I have to admit, you have a very good speaking voice. Um, well, yeah. it's one of the few things I excel in, Grump. That being said, we start a little late today. Um, at, I usually run late on occasion, one of the many flaws. <laughs> that being said, that being said, Grump, we were crunching some numbers before the start of this show and um you know today we're going to talk about 
a few of the numbers we have and we're going to present to you guys. We're going to talk about Big Z. It looked like that was his last game. It, you know, his for his farewell game. He, I think, will be retiring just looking at how he exited the ice, you know, shaking all the referees' hands, all the Tampa Bay Lightning players coming up and shaking his hand. It would indicate to me that in all likelihood, Zdeno Chara will be retiring. So we're going to talk about that, at least the speculation that will now be swirling around just based off the exit he had um, last evening. We're also going to be talking about Grumpy Old Man, you know, a fantastic goal by Josh Bailey against the Washington oh, Capitals. God, it was a beautiful one. We'll talk about it. How many goals did he have this season? A whole lot. I can't even count that high grump. I think it was in double digits. I'm sure it wasn't. Oh, man. Oh, man. So if you're new to the channel, the best way to make sure you don't miss out on any of the action is by subscribing on YouTube, liking on Facebook, and following on Twitter, Grump. Now, you had an envelope, grumpy old man, that you're yes. going to go ahead and reveal a little later in today's show. Oh, okay. Well, I got it. It's right up there. I got to go get it. I didn't well, well, why don't you why don't you go ahead and get it? And as you're doing that, I will start talking about the, the stats that I was crunching and the numbers I was crunching, Grumpy Old Man. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. So uh, the reason I ran a little late today, I wanted to go ahead and see a little bit about what the Islanders' record was against teams that officially have made the playoffs, right? It's something that we had always been talking about. It's something the Islanders have struggled against all season long. And I, and I broke it down into a few different categories. What the record was throughout the entire season, what the record was before the All-Star break versus after the All-Star break, and what our actual records were against specific teams. Um, you'll notice a trend. It's not very good. The, the, the end results in before All-Star break and even after the All-Star break this year were not good against playoff caliber teams. It's as simple as that. We, we kind of had that feeling as well, but you know, having the numbers to back it up, I think is, is worth talking about. So before the All-Star break, our first win against a playoff team did not come until against the Boston Bruins, December 16th. Two months into the season, it took for us to win against a playoff caliber team. Before the Bruins win, we were 7-12-5. and five. We just weren't good this year. We were particularly... Oh, well, that's, that's not what I'm looking for. I know, but what was the problem we were talking about all year? We could not beat good teams. We were really good beating lesser teams, but playoff teams, we just didn't match up. Right. We look at our record, right, Grumpy? You like to say we ended, what was it 500? Is that what you say? Oh, we ended 500. Mm -hmm. The, the Islanders' record was 37 wins, 35 losses in regulation, and 10 overtime losses. Yeah, so I, look at that, I look at that as 37 and 45, but, you know, dice it however you want. Okay, well, you still get the point. What I'm saying, if you have 82 points in a year, we had 84. 82 points in a year is 500. 82 games, 82 games in a year, yeah. Yeah, and 82 points in 82 games, that's like a 500 record as far as I'm concerned. Okay, I see it that way. I understand now how you're kind of presenting it. Sure, we're a team right around 500 if you look at it in that manner. Well, our record against playoff caliber teams before the All-Star break was 2-14-1. and one. Not good. Yikes. That's, that's Arizona um, Coyotes bad. I think Arizona Coyotes over a stretch like that before the All-Star break probably had a better winning percentage against teams that made the playoffs. Two fourteen and one. 
Yikes. Yes. It's not good. It's not good. We let's be honest, we didn't match up. We but we talked about this all year. We didn't match up with playoff caliber teams. Just don't. Well, what what I want to go ahead and actually kind of hit on with this, right? Two fourteen one, not great. Our team ended with a record of 37, 35, and 10. So people, you know, a like-minded person would say, all right, if we struggled that poorly against teams that were in the playoff picture before the All-Star break, we must have had a real upswing against teams that, you know, made the playoffs after the All-Star break. We really must have been punching above our weight for the remainder of the season. We must have really finished the year strong against playoff caliber teams. If that's the case, right? 214-1, we ended 37, 35, and 10. We probably had a much better, maybe we won more games against playoff teams than we lost. Maybe that's what you're thinking. Well, that's also not true. After the All-Star break, our record against teams that made the playoffs this year were 9-14-2. So still a losing record and a resounding losing record. You look at you look at it, right? We had 11 wins against playoff caliber teams this year. The total we had this year, when you look at it as a whole, 11-28-3 against teams that made the playoffs. That's not good. <laughs> That's an understatement, Crump. Can you tell me what our record was against teams not named Washington and New York Rangers? Well, here's the thing. We had a winning record against two teams that made the playoffs this year. We were 2-1-1 one, and one against the Washington Capitals. We were 2-1, two, 2-1-0 and one, two, one and oh against the Boston Bruins, and we ended up with a 500 record against the Rangers of 2-2-1. Two, two and one. If you're saying, hey, let's take out the three team. Oh, I, I don't like doing that, Grumpy. I will tell you this. I don't like doing that because oh, I, six, I ridicule people when they go ahead and cherry pick okay. certain items. But I think it's fair to say we won six of our 11 games against those three teams. Yes, we won six. And think about this. Over the entirety of the season, I'm not cherry picking the front half when we really struggled, or I'm not saying, oh, let's look at the back half. Six of our 11 wins against playoff caliber teams came against the Boston Bruins, the New York Rangers, and the Washington Capitals. We always play well against uh, the Rangers, and Washington, Barry Trotz always plays. He always coaches well against Washington. Six, four, and one against the Rangers, the Bruins, as well as the Capitals. You know, and I don't want to say, oh, we're just going to look at those items and say, well, take those out of the equation. No, we don't do that. I hate when people say, if you just take out the first 13 games of the season and just go ahead and take out this little trip we had here, the record looks much better. If you take out those time period when we lost those few games and we had players on COVID, we're not doing that. So I don't like when people do it because I think it's nonsense. I'm not going to do it with the situation. But I do think it's worth noting the teams we beat – that are in the playoffs at the moment. We had three teams we fared well against. It was the Boston Bruins, the Rangers, and the Capitals. And we were 5-25-2 against the rest of the playoff teams. Okay. That, but that's you want to know why we didn't make the playoffs this year? That's the reason. That is the reason. It's not anything but that. We didn't match up against playoff caliber teams, period. You can, you know, you can say whatever – the, the schedule, the all-star break, too many games here, too many this, too many that. Bottom line, you could not beat playoff caliber teams. Everyone was under the same situation. Everyone was in the same boat. It's not like, you know, we played more games than everybody else. 
We just didn't perform well against really good teams. And most of those teams, what's the one thing Washington, I'm not going to say the Rangers, but Boston in particular, those two teams, they're not great skating teams. They're not. The well, teams hold, on, just, hold on. The Rangers are good skating teams. That, that's why I said I'm not going to include the Rangers in there. Well, how I mean, do we not include the Rangers if we're looking I, at Of those three teams, Washington and Boston are not great skating teams. The teams that are really good skating teams who make the playoffs, we didn't match up with them. Well, think about it. Washington and Boston were the only two teams we had a winning record against. The Rangers, we drew even. 2-2-0. Two, two and oh. So, again, teams that – I'm not saying, hey, every team that's slow or every team that lacks speed is a team that we were able to to really punch above our weight against in these these playoff caliber teams. It's not the case. Um, but, yeah, yikes. You know, when, when you sit down and you crunch the numbers, I had a feeling it was going to be bad. I didn't know how bad it was going to be, but not good. Not good, Grump. And I'm going to bet that the, the record against teams like Carolina, Florida, Tampa, Toronto – Teams that can really skate, I'm going to bet that it, we didn't have a really good record against them all combined. If you look at the really top, but here's the thing: they're at the top of the they're at the top of the NHL standings because they're the best teams in the league, right? It's right. as simple as that. And so, you know, don't misconstrue it. The Florida Panthers, oh two and one, right? You look at the Colorado Avalanche; they're a really good team as well. Um, you've got oh two and oh, the, the you know the Flames, oh two and oh, the Hurricanes, one two and oh. You know, I wouldn't put the Oilers as a top tier team, but I mean the Blues are up there. One, one Toronto, Toronto, o three and o. Tampa Bay Lightning, o three and o. I mean, all these teams that are really, really good teams. And I think, like you know, when you look at the playoff caliber teams, I think there are certain teams that are penciled in for a first round exit. I was not very impressed this season with the Washington Capitals down towards the stretch. There's certain teams I think they, you know, are primed for possibly a first round exit. There, are, I think, a few teams that might be able to get an extended run, but. Uh, yeah, I, I think Washington this year is they're going to be getting their early boot. And I think Peter Laviolette has to be sitting on the hot seat at that point. Okay. Okay. I, I like I said, I that's a whole nother uh, that's a whole nother discussion for the offseason. Um, but like I said, for me, the season came down to we were not able to hang with playoff caliber teams and teams with speed. For me, we look like an old slow team, and the rest of the NHL is young and fast. And until we kind of even that out a little bit, I think we're going to continue to struggle. I mean, I hate to say it, you know, as a lifelong Islander fan, I'm just like, we need a lot of changes and nothing's going to happen this off season. We're just going to maybe retool a little bit, but the, ch the changes really quickly that we need to make is more of the top end talent that allows you to compete with other teams that are in the playoffs, right? When you look at it, playoff caliber teams, 11, 28 and three. Our record against teams that did not make the playoffs was 24, nine and seven. Mm. So here's the thing. We played extremely well and won the games against teams that we should win. See, that's where for me, the excuse train that they like to roll out there doesn't hold water for me because we, we, uh, you know, we're kicking ass and taking names when we played the lower level teams and we played the higher level teams, we got rolled. I mean, it's, I, I always said during the season, I said, we were the king of the suck teams. I mean, we were really good about, you know, the teams that were not playoff caliber teams. We handled them pretty much all year. It's, we just couldn't beat the really good teams. That's a problem. That has nothing to do with COVID, 
nothing to do with the new arena, nothing to do with a long uh, road trip, none of that. Well, do you remember you saw from Brock Nelson in the article written by The Athletic by Kevin Kurtz recently? He said, you know, it was a lot. It was mentally tough, and he kind of gave the situation the same excuses that the team has been putting out there and saying, we're not using excuses, but it's worth taking this and that and this into account. COVID, a 13-game road trip. He used all that shit in his response. What a shock. That's what they're talking about in the room. That's what the players believe. So that, you know, that's 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 the built-in excuse. But he says, you know, it was just tough when we were having to play four games every seven days. And I think to myself, was it tough against the teams that, you know, were below you? You took care of every single game, for the most part, against teams that were not in playoff contention all year long. And even towards the tail end of the year, you were 24, 9, and 7 against teams that did not make the playoffs. Were yep. you tired those games when you had to play the four? Or did you get an extra little bump when you're playing the Montreals or the Arizona? Or did you just take care of business the way it needs to be done? And then you look right at the tail end for those who want to say, well, gosh, look, we were, you know, blah, 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 those 17 games. We were this, that, and the other thing in the last section of the season before we went on that five-game losing streak for the last three. Um, you know, we. St- I hate when you I'm do conf- that. I'm confused where you're going. I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to follow. You've jumped. I don't know what you're saying. Okay, right I'm now. drawing a comparison when we were – you know, whatever that 17 game stretch, we played extremely well right towards the end of the year, right? At, just before the trade deadline and right before the, uh, the last swoon that we had, we, our record was pretty good. And they're like, okay, but who are we beating? Again, we were beating teams who were non-playoff teams and losing to playoff caliber squads. If you looked in that athletic article, it gave you what the exact record was. What do you mean? It, it told you the, the record over that, that time frame where we had a little hot streak towards the end of the year. Well, I, I here's the thing. I look at it more like this, right? What are the before All-Star break, after All-Star break? All these excuses I see are all pre-All-Star break items. Oh, well, COVID. Oh, 13-game road trip. Oh, this. Oh, that. And, you know, the, it doesn't hold water when you say, the team was tired having to play four games every seven days and we're consistently beating the lower level teams that we should beat. If the exhaustion is there, right, that doesn't affect you when you're playing against really bad teams and good teams equally. True. So, you know, if, if it has, if it has such a huge impact, I think that's, you know, that's, that's the type of impact it would have on it. I agree. I agree. I mean, I, like I said, for me, anyone who's making excuses for this season, they're mistaken. We just weren't good enough. We just weren't good enough. And to me, you just look at the disparity between the teams with winning records and the team with losing records. That's all you need to know. Nothing else. Nothing else. If you take the full 82-game season, it's the same. We were bad against the good teams and good against the bad teams. That makes us, like I said, just an average team, a 500 club, which is what we were. The best team of the loser teams. (laughs) Yeah, we were the king of the losers. Not quite. At the end, we got caught by a couple of teams from the West, but certainly in the Eastern Conference. I mean, that was like the top eight teams. Tell me you didn't know who the the eight playoff teams were in like January. It was so obvious. Well, I'm glad you kind of had a chance to buy it for some time, Grump. And again, I, I just wanted to crunch the numbers as you were talking about that. 
of what the record looked like against losing teams after the All-Star break. Because remember, right, we had such a huge, a huge amount of games in such a short time period that it should have tired us out. How could we ever compete at the same level night in and night out, right? It's going to be such a a tough and arduous season. Well, ladies and gentlemen, after the All-Star break, our record against teams with a, with a that did not make the playoffs were 12-4-2. and two. I, you know, it, that doesn't indicate that, oh, man, having to play four games every single seven days has really tired us out. You beat every 12-4-2 against teams that didn't make the playoffs when you had the shortened schedule, when you had the, the schedule was condensed. Does that indicate, yeah, we were so tired we didn't even play well against the shitty teams? No, it doesn't to me. And my concern is if that's the way the guys in the room think, we're in trouble next year. You're in trouble. Because I think they're overlooking. I, I cannot believe, honestly, they might say that to the press, but honestly, if the management of this team and the coach looks at it objectively, they're going to say, they're going to come to the same conclusion that we did. We just couldn't hang with the good teams. And there's, we have struggled. We have always been about a 500 team against teams, you know, that make the playoffs. It's as simple as that. And, <laughs> Even if you were to alter in course direct, let's say the pre-All-Star, and let's say, oh, man, let's say we carried the same exact winning percentage or point percentage we did pre-All-Star break against winning rec- teams with winning record and then post-All-Star break, you still didn't have enough. You didn't have the 16 points needed in that span in order to make the playoffs. So even if you said, all right, all things going normal, just like it was after the All-Star break, it still would have been on the outside looking in. And that, and again, that when you look at it from a fan's perspective, changes need to be made. I think that right before and even halfway through the season, people would have called just still, there was still that stronghold of Islander fans saying, roll the same thing back, roll the same team back. We need to do the same thing. This team was good enough to get us to back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals. We can still roll with the same exact cast, characters, and crew and be successful. That being said, the way the team struggled this year towards the talent, I think a lot more people are under the understanding that Major changes have to be made. Yeah. I mean, you know, just one more thing about the. You know, Washington lost the last four games of the year. They lost the last four games. They they just checked out. I think they're going to get rolled by Florida. But, you know, that's a whole other story. I just, for me, I, I don't see how anyone can objectively look at the team and say, okay, if we don't make some major, major changes, how are we going to get better? How internally can we get better? I just don't see it. Yeah. I, major changes have to be made. There has to be a lot of moving and shaking done if you want to make this team back into a playoff contender. You know, it's not like we're team. And, and I, in the article I read from Kevin Kurtz, too, right? I saw he had brought up and tried to liken the Islanders situation to that of the Tampa Bay Lightning when they missed out on the playoffs in the 2016-2017 season. And he said, oh, yeah, just like the Lightning, the Islanders were played with injuries this year. I think to myself, the Islanders had one player injured for an extended time period, and that was Ryan Pulak. Other than that, I mean, Mayfield was out towards the tail end of the year. What was he, what did he miss, the last 10, 15 games of the regular season? We had we were very fortunate with injury. It wasn't even like Mayfield and Pulak's injuries overlapped each other. 
we were down one top four defenseman. And when Mayfield was there, one top six defenseman, you know, for, for maybe a stretch of 40, 50 games. So we're missing one defenseman, you know, very healthy in the forward group. Oh, yeah, we lost our fourth line right winger, Cal Clutterbuck, towards the tail end of the season. How could I forget about that, too? Uh, but I think we're very healthy this year. Yeah, I mean, okay, so we had some injuries this year. The last two years in the shortened seasons, we had virtually one injury each season. One to Pellick, one to Lee. That was it. No one else missed any games. But the thing I just found disingenuous with the Tampa Bay comparison was that you're looking at the guys on Tampa Bay, they were all like in their early 20s. Uh, Stamkos was like a guy who was 26. I mean, that's what you're talking about. You're talking about a young, young, young team who has a chance to fight through this. This is an older team, the oldest in the NHL. And I just thought that that was just a bad comparison because the players on our team are not going to get better. Certainly not, you know, your Anders Lees, your Brock Nelsons, your Josh Bailey's, your Palmieri's, Parise's, all those guys. They're not going to be getting better. They're going to be getting worse. Where Tampa Bay, you knew those players were still going to grow into becoming the players that they are now. Okay, and let me interrupt there because you think about that Tampa team that he made the comparison to. Their starting goaltender was Ben Bishop. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't Andre Vasilevsky who it is now, right? When Vasilevsky comes there in 2017-18, it's a complete difference, complete difference there in that. Yeah, but Bishop was Bishop was good for them for a couple of years. He was okay. I'm just I'm just saying the age of the squad. I'm not talking about the goaltender. The age of the squad was like young 20s. We're overall. talking. Okay, I, I'm going to get to that, Grump. I wanted to just bring up like they're expecting how can and they tried to liken the situation to John Cooper. He said, you know, we needed to go ahead and get back. We need to get back to basics. All you know, all the coach speak words you could possibly imagine. They brought in a brand new goalie who comes out and turns out to be a guy who's a Vesna caliber goalie the next season, right? They upgrade from Ben and Ben Bishop was not good that last year with Tampa Grump. I don't I'm looking at those numbers. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Was he there? I'm sorry. Vasilevsky was there in 2016-17. My mistake. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um he did play, so I do apologize. But you had Steven Stamkos, who only played 17 games that year. Braden Point was 20 years old. Nikita Kucherov was 23 years old. Victor Hedman was 26. They still had Jonathan Druan on that team at 21 years old, so they didn't have Sergachev at that time period. They had made trades, right? And they got, you know, they still were a young team, but they made trades to put them on that right path. We're not right. a young team, and, you know, I think we do need to make trades, but we look at, you know, hey, what pushed – you know, Tampa forward, getting rid of Jonathan Drew. And I think that Sergachev is a much better player than that. It was almost a one-for-one one deal. Well, and I think Tampa comes out on top of that by, in a big margin. It was a one-for-one one deal, but what did they do? They subtracted from the strength of their team, which is the forward group. And it, albeit he was a younger player, but he didn't fit what they were trying to do. And they brought in Sergachev, a young defenseman from Montreal. I mean, that's what they needed, a puck mover. I mean, I don't think Sergachev is the greatest player on the planet, but he's good for that team. And I think he's a good defenseman. Not great, but really good. I mean, but the whole thing was, for me, you're talking about the majority of that team, young 20s. Yeah, Yanni, Yanni Gord, too, was only 25 that year as well. They had a lot of guys in their mid-20s and some in their young 20s that are really, really big, impactful pieces currently. Right, and they still had to learn how to win, right? Then they made the playoffs a couple of years with the super talented team, but they didn't have the grit. So that's when they started bringing in some of those grit pieces 
uh, which they brought in the last couple of years, right? You bring them in, that's what puts them over the top. Some guys who knew how to play the hard way. Like, I mean, our guys know how to play the hard way. We just don't have a whole lot of talent. At the end of the day, talent trumps everything. You can add a grit piece. You can add a grinder type to a super talented team. That will help put you over the top. But if you have a team that's all full of grinders in the big games, you don't have the talent to stand up. I mean, we saw that this year. We just did not have the talent to match up with the better teams in the league. And I think the fact that it was an 82-game season really hurt us. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree, Grump. And and I know you, I feel like a lot of the same points you bring up all the time, but they are true. Um, I, I just think it was a the comparison. I, I feel like we're kind of reaching at straws, right? Right. And that. And here's here's the thing, right? Kevin Kurtz wants to obviously keep things optimistic. I think he wants to keep it, you know, somewhat, you know, hey, I want to be honest and truthful, but I want to keep it with an optimistic little bit of a, you know, twist of optimism to it, you know, comparing us to what is a dynasty? I'd say Tampa Bay is a modern day dynasty, right? Or yeah. borderline thereof, right? You look at these little mini dynasties, like, you know, Chicago was a mini dynasty in the early 2000s. You have those teams that are mini dynasties. I would argue that Tampa is on the cusp of being, you know, a, a dynasty during this, you know, 20, you know, late 2010s, early 2020s. In the salary cap era, what would you constitute a dynasty, right? Three, if they get three wins, right, bona fide dynasty, no argument. I think two wins, or even if you have three wins in a in a five or six year span, that's a dynasty to me. So, Chicago was definitely a dynasty then. Yeah, they certainly. Were. But what was again? What what made Chicago so good? All those young players coming together at the same time. They still have a lot of some of those guys on the same team. But the fact is, their best players were really really young. They were in their early twenties. Taves, Kane. Uh, Duncan Keith at the time, Dustin Bufflin. They were all young players. The Kings. I consider the Kings kind of a dynasty type, right? Close. Many. Maybe that's a many. But again, they had some older guys. But who were their key contributors? Kopitar, Dowdy, Quick, younger players. When I look at our team, we have a couple of guys, but they're not allowed to flourish. Like Matt Barzell is not allowed to flourish under this system. And that's the thing. When you play such an austere system like we do, I think it hinders guys like Matt Barzell to me. But like I said, I think that the team has to realize what the issues are. They might say this in the press, but they know they're not stupid. You know, you don't get to be a general manager in the league for 30 plus years and a coach for almost 30 years without, you know, being realistic and knowing. I think we're going to, for the vast majority, they're going to try to do one more bandage job before a full-blown blowout and uh, rebuild. This is this is it. This next year is it. I mean, I look, I just look can at how. We, I, you know, Grump, I will say, can we try to avoid that? Because you don't even know what they've done this offseason. We don't even know what they've done or what they plan on doing this offseason. They're, they're going to add a piece or two, though. Okay, let me ask you this. If you had guys that are younger or near their prime, right, would that not change your outlook? I'm just saying, you know, I would I would try to adhere from that, seeming that we're day one into the offseason, and so now you're dooming next year and years after, right? I'm not, I'm not you at just all. Said gonna, you just said they're going to do a Band-Aid job, and then they need to do a full-on blown rebuild. No, what, that what, what I said was That's next exactly year, after next year, 
you're going to see it'll be a rebuild after next year. So what would that indicate, right? If we go from a, a little bit of a Band-Aid job to then we need to do a full-blown blowout, I believe is the exact you know verbiage yeah. you used. That I'm would indicate saying, that the Band-Aid job didn't work. That would indicate, true. okay, so I'm just saying you don't even know what the Band-Aid job okay. is. But do you think that a Band-Aid job is enough to make this team a Stanley Cup contender? Here's the thing. We don't even know what they're doing. If they had a, a true top six forward and a true top four defenseman, I wouldn't consider that a Band-Aid job. If they go ahead and they add some swell that they could go ahead and put on the bottom line, yeah, that's a Band-Aid job. But if they had a guy, here's the thing. Christmas okay. morning, stop. Christmas morning, you add Forsberg and you add a guy like Chikrin. That's not a Band-Aid job. Okay. Maybe Band-Aid job, if you were to let me finish, was not the right terminology. But for certain, we're going to get ourselves a top four defenseman. But how do you go about doing that? Do you gut, gut the team of the rest of the younger players? I mean, those those are decisions that they have to make, right, in the offseason. They're going to take one more run at it, right? One more run. But let's say, argument's sake, we take one more run, we don't qualify for the playoffs next year. What do you think they're going to do the next offseason? Which they're is all I was trying to say. They're going to blow it up then. Well, I, here's the thing. We don't know what their idea of trying to add pieces looks like this offseason. Every offseason has been underwhelming, I'd say, for the most part. You know, re-signing back guys that we trade for and acquire at the trade deadline is not necessarily exciting. I mean, Zach Parise was a good addition, but the, the way I look at it is this. You know, I'm going to reserve judgment until I see what they do to proclaim them as oh, failure is an imminent or, hey, success is on the horizon, right? You're not going to catch me doing any of that. I, I wasn't doing that. I was saying if this happens, that's what will happen. That's all I'm saying. I think we are going to get a legitimate top four defenseman. But we have to replace Zdeno Chara. Even if Chara, after that wonderful, and I mean wonderful show last night, him scoring that goal in the last couple of minutes, the team all coming out, the fans a thousand percent behind him. Tampa Bay coming over. What a class thing. I mean, I was getting a little teary, honestly. I mean, and I thought it was just it was just tremendous. I don't I don't see how you can come back from that, honestly. You, that just that love of show of respect from everyone in that arena, from the other team. It's like, man, do we hang him up? And Barry was talking like, well, you know, if he's coming back, you know, they're gonna take him back. You can't have him playing top four minutes anymore. And I don't think they will. I think they're going to get a legitimate top four defenseman. And if Char does come back, he'd have to be a bottom pairing guy. So that would mean that Robin Sallow has no spot here. Um, but, he, okay, he, here's the thing. You just kind of diverted away from what we were talking about. I will say this. It's the first day of the offseason. Let's not try to get too doomy and gloomy, huh? I'm not doomy it's and gloomy at all. Okay. I'm not doing gloomy at all. They, I, I, I feel wanted to talk about what caused the seasons, you know, what caused the seasons issues, right? I'm not gonna lie. Did the 13 game road trip help at the beginning of the year? No. Did you know the COVID issues we have help? No. But every team was affected by those items. I'm not gonna go ahead and put individual. Maybe it contributed a little bit to our failure, but we were 16 points out of a playoff spot. That, never, it's not like I could squint at it and say, oh, we missed it by two or three points. I can understand it. It's 16 points, guys. We were out of the playoffs December. We were out of the playoff hunt. We are yeah. out of the playoffs. 
So you're talking about here, this is Zidane Chara getting his little farewell. And again, I'll let you guys watch it too. And for those listening, you know, hopefully you get to hear the Chara chants. Um, but this this doesn't indicate to me that I'm going to play hockey next season. And again, we read it and originally it was from apparently a shady source or a source that didn't know the information. Looks like that source could be correct. That said that earlier, Big Z was planning on retiring. We got to shoot. Oh, no, not confirmed. Shady source. No way. No way. No how. This would indicate that this is probably his last game. He's uh, with the uh, New York Islander organization, that's for sure, with, with really what they've done over these last 20 games, Brendan, what it looked pretty hopeless for him. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning making line enough to uh, congratulate Char. That's what this is. looks like this is going to be all about. So, Char, uh, here we go now. So, Tremendous respect for Sedano Char. Corey Perry. Entire team is, is, is lining up in the hour. What grumpy? You want to interrupt? What? I said Corey Perry was the first guy. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, let's. I just want to listen to it in the entirety and we'll speak about it. Just giving him a, his due. And, and you know what? Really classy of the Tampa team. Barry Trotz is, looks like he's going over to. Maybe to see John Cooper, I'm not sure. Probably going to wish them luck in, in the playoffs. It's a hard-fought uh, hard game every time these two guys, these guys meet. But that's something special, isn't it? Certainly is. Chara had not addressed his future. Even Barry Trott saying prior to the game that he hadn't heard about whether or not this would be Chara's game, but from the looks of what we've just witnessed, the way the Islanders players reacted, the way the Lightning players, the way the coaches and officials have come over to shake the hand, it certainly looks like this could be the end for one of the game's all-time greats. Yeah, and, and Grump, you know, you don't go and have a, a handshake line with the opposing team and officials giving you a handshake unless that's probably the last game. Unless there's some type of inkling that something like that's going to happen. But honestly, moments like that is what makes hockey special compared to other sports. It's just, I mean, that was just a special moment. I mean, just special. I mean, I'm rooting for Tampa Bay. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, rest of the season, I'm rooting for Tampa Bay. That was such a class move by that organization. I'm rooting for them because I don't have a dog in the fight this year. You always root for Tampa. I don't. I never root for Tampa. They rooted for him last year in the playoffs. I did and, not. In the finals, in the finals, you did. I respect them. I respect greatness. But now uh, this year, I'm rooting for them. Absolutely, <laughs> I am because that was just a class act by class organization. Just that plain and simple. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with it. You know what that means, though, right? They probably got knocked off in the first round. I want to get back to actually talking a little bit about what that means, Grump. Because again, okay. I would I would pencil that in all likelihood. That's Chara's last game. You might say there's, I don't know how there could be any stipulation with that. You don't go off the ice, right? Every single teammate is giving him handshakes and high fives on his team. It's not like we're high fiving everybody and John Gabriel Pajot's high five and Anders Lee and Brock Nelson. No, they're shaking Zidane Chara's hand. And then you have the Tampa Bay Lightning line up and all individually shake his hand. And then the referees do that. I believe in what, you know, my thought process is on this. In all likelihood, he let them all know before the game that he was retiring. This was his last game. 
And I think something that kind of went uh, kind of under the uh, radar a little bit, who was the last defense pairing that Barry Trotz put out yesterday when it was 6-4? Andy Green and Zidane Chara. Yes. I and, think and, and, and yeah, I agree. I think they're both done. So you're going to need two left-handed defensemen in essence. So you get yourself I, – because I don't think Chara's coming back. I don't. But if he did, it would have to be a bottom pairing guy. But let's say they get a legitimate top four left shot defenseman. You can have Sallow play on the bottom pair with Mayfield. That's what I and – and then your defense is pretty good again. I People underestimate, yes, our defense wasn't as great. Sorokin was left out uh, high and dry, and so was Varlamov at times this season. I think it was because of lack of team speed on the back end. Sallow's a pretty good skater. And if you get another left shot, another left-handed defenseman to put up there uh, next to, I would say, Pulak, I think then our team speed back on defense is much, much better, which will make us a better team, okay? And I think next year we will be better if we can do that defensively. We have work to do on the offensive end. Absolutely we do. We're going to have to move a couple of forwards out if we want to add a forward in. And we're going to have to stay healthy. That's something, and I know that they, you know, in that article, right, they tried to liken, oh, Tampa had some big injuries, they had some serious injuries. Yeah, we didn't lose a guy like a Steven Stamkos' impact to Tampa that one year they didn't make the playoffs and finished, you know, right on the outside looking in. And you he know, was like one of the top five players in the league back then. Yeah, he was 20, he was 26 years old, 27 yeah. years old, in the prime of his career. Yeah. You know, so that we have been a very fortunate team the last three years with injuries. I know, right? Last year we lost Andrews Lee. That was one guy. We were supposed to address that at the trade deadline. We brought in Kyle Palmieri, who we played on the right wing, and said, Leo Komarov, you're still on the left wing on the first line. You know, we can argue about how we addressed it. We didn't do a great job. Adam Pellick got hurt then was back because of the bubble. So, you know, for the playoffs, right? He didn't miss any time, really. He didn't miss time towards the tail end of the regular season, which did hurt. You saw the record, you know, the record was impacted. This year, we lost Pulak for a like a was it a eight or ten week stretch, and two of those weeks had a COVID the COVID lot the COVID break. We lost Scott Mayfield for the last ten or fifteen games of the regular season, and Cal Clutterbuck. So bottom pairing defenseman Scott Mayfield for the last ten to fifteen games, and fourth line right wing Cal Clutterbuck for the last ten or fifteen games, and Ryan Pulak. Yes, we only had two injuries overlap each other all year long. Two. Yeah. I mean, Besides it, occasional sickness. Right, right. I mean, but I'm like I said, I want to look to the future. Well, well, I, well, he, good. I'm just saying that I think we can be better. Do I think we can do enough to contend for Stanley Cup list next year? No, I don't. But we can certainly be in the playoff hunt without a doubt. I just don't think we match up team speed-wise with the upper echelon in the league. I think that's our biggest issue is we are kind of we're slower compared to other teams and the teams that are good now have been the ones that have embraced the rule changes that the NHL has uh, implemented in the last five or six years those are the teams that are right up at the top now hmm. that's that's smart that's smart thinking and let's be honest Lou being 80 something years old he's that's not the way that he was taught hockey or has uh, been an administrator all these years is by playing by the new system. That's not his strength. They should bring somebody in this offseason who maybe has a little bit of more of that in mind. And maybe that can, you know, with Lou's tutelage, you can see them maybe start to make a slower tra a transition 
to the new style of hockey. I think that's what's gonna that's what it's gonna take to make the playoffs and win in the future. Do you think if you say that every podcast, yeah, I thought I said that very nicely. I did, I did, but I was just asking because you bring it up every show. I know the Islanders brass and the Islanders listen to us, but do you think that's going to go ahead and say, okay, we've got people asking for us to bring in a Johnny Two Shoes underneath Lou? Do you think that's what's going to be the tipping factor, Grump? No, but I, you know, usually, <laughs> you usually, show. usually, usually, I yell it at them. Um, but today, I'm just trying to catch some uh, flies with honey. As opposed to vinegar, so what can mm, I say? Look at that! We're look not, at you, smooth operator, grumpy old man. Look at you, grump. But we also, guys, I know you're listening. We do have to move out some of the veterans on this team who make you know a bloated salaries. You got to do whatever you can to get rid. They of all them. have modified no moves, no trade clauses. Josh Bailey doesn't. Yeah, well, you can get rid of Josh Bailey, man. Josh Bailey, though. Speaking of Josh Bailey, grump, we can't get rid of Josh Bailey, grump. And the fact that you would say that after the spectacular goal he scored against the Washington Capitals, grump, it just means that you don't watch enough Islander games, grump, because Josh Bailey is so important and integral to this team. I want you to watch this. This was in the third period with six minutes left in a very close four to nothing game against the Washington Capitals, and I want you to watch as everything is so tight and everything is so close closely contested in the last five or six minutes of this game against Washington where the Islanders are up four to nothing. It's a fantastic move. I don't want to take anything away from it. I'm just who creates, kind of who creates this goal though? Who creates that, this goal? That part is all does. Thank you. I was kind of I was kind of joking around. This is when you see a goal like this, it's it I think Josh looks so unbelievably comfortable in, in the driver's seat. If it was a tie game or things were close, I'm not sure he tries <laughs> to well, I'm not sure he tries to move, but when you're up four to four to nothing like this, you have the liberty and a little bit more comfort in the game, right? There's six minutes left. Okay, we've got a four-goal lead. I can do something like this, and I can be a little bit more creative. And I think that, you know, if you if you took the creative approach that we saw in this goal right here every single time period out there on the ice, and you kind of felt that more calm and relaxed, he would his 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 production would be immensely better. I firmly believe that. And that's why I was kind of hamming it up. Oh, it was such a close game at this point. If he played with the same comfort and relaxation that he does when he scores this goal, you would see his production is much better. But here's the highlight. It's a fantastic move. A good job by Matt Barzal dispossessing. Here's the steal for Barzell. Took an extra second. Bailey, he's in and he scores. Oh my goodness. It's beautiful. And look at look at how just relaxed he is. Even after scoring a goal, he's so relaxed. And I'm just like, if he carried that same relaxation out there on the ice every single time, like the Islanders are up 4 nothing against the Washington Capitals, he would put up highlight real goals like that, and he would look like a much better player. He'd be making fantastic feeds on a consistent basis also. No. He is what he is. He's 33 years old. He is what he is. He, he, that's, that's, his, that's the way he is on everything. He's just relaxed. But here, watch the goalie. The goalie's looking for the pass. The goalie's looking for the pass. He doesn't even – he's like, I don't know what to do. He never shoots the puck. And he just kind of stood there. It was a two-on-zero. He's was, waiting for the it's, pass. It's, hold on. It's everything. It's the, I'm talking about the relaxation. Right? Look at the move. When do you see – Josh Bailey's not a fantastic stick handler. That's a move I don't expect from him. You said you sometimes saw that type of stuff from a Kyle Poso, from Brock Nelson. You sometimes see it from Matt Barzal, from Anthony Pavilion. You don't see that type of stuff very often out of Josh Bailey. And I'm wondering, right, if it's a closer contested game, does he even do a move like that? Or Never. is he just look to immediately pass the puck off to, to Kiefer Bellows? I'm just saying, if he played with that sort of relaxation and aggression on the net, he would be hard to freaking stop. He'd be much more valuable than what he did and produced this year. No doubt. I was, I was stunned. 
that he did not pass the puck there because that's a tap so was so was I. That's a tap in. I mean, because look at look at the goalie. He's protecting against the pass. He's not even looking at the freaking shooter because he knows it's Josh Bailey. Now that said, Josh Bailey had 14 goals this year, and two of them were own goals from the other team. So before we get too excited about Josh Bailey, like I said, 14 goals. Has Josh Bailey done enough to keep it keep himself for another year in the Islanders to get him the 1,000 game mark, the extra 10 games he needs to hit 1,000 games, Grump? Has he done enough for that? No freaking way. And it, that's a nice move. It's a, nice. it's a fant- it, Honestly, it's fantastic. That okay, move right there is beautiful. He that's his what does he have? What do you have? Like one or two good plays all year? He has about one or two of those highlight real S type goals every year. And you're gonna hear from the Josh Bailey apologists. Well, look at how great he was on that. I tend to watch all the games, not just the the game that he scores when it's that makes it five-nothing at the end of a third, the next to last game of the year, nothing to play for. Hold Grumpy. You're saying Josh Bailey. Is that Vladimir Tarasenko who did that move? Kind of looks like Vladimir Tarasenko on the ice. Well, except he scored a lot more goals with a shoulder that, you know, doesn't work anymore. Oh, yeah, the shoulders, the the, the MRIs were bad. Um, but, you know, he, here's the thing. I mean, ah, I don't think it's – he's he you know, the late push that he had is not enough to keep him on the team. I don't want – ideally, I don't want to see Josh Bailey around. I'm sure there are going to be, and I wonder, you know, kind of what the outer's thoughts are on him, what the, you know, push. what Lou's thoughts are on him. Late push, he had 44 points this year. 44 points for the whole season. Is that, That's, just, that's was, a jag. Was he, was he fourth on our team in scoring? I don't know. Fifth, I think. Fifth? Okay, think about that. He was so cold at the beginning of the year, but when we started to pick up play, he was scoring points. Fifth on the year, fifth, fifth on the team in points. You pay the guy five million dollars. I'm just trying to think how is Lou going to rationalize what we need to do? Does he look at Josh Bailey and says this is a problem? Right? I know they exposed him last year in the draft, and everybody likes to say, "Well, because they exposed him, that means that yeah, they they don't value him very highly." You know. Don't be so quick to rush to judgment on that. I think it was solely the reason they left him and Jordan Everly exposed is because they had too many freaking right wings to have on the roster. They didn't want to go ahead and send Wallstrom to Bridgeport. They wanted to give him a chance this year, and they knew that they knew going into it they were re-signing back Kyle Palmieri, so they said that means either Jordan Everly or Josh Bailey are exposable and expendable. They were exposed in the expansion draft because they needed to clear cap space. That too. and they That's, both. That was the reason. They both had cap, and it came from a position of strength. I'm using air quotes. And, because I don't think, and I don't think they cared who Seattle took as long as it was one of those two guys. Yep, they needed to make sure they cleared cap and they had extra right right wings because they were re-signing Paul Mary. They knew that ahead of time. They had Cal Clutterbuck. They had Oliver Wallstrom. They had one open right wing spot. So they said, we've got Jordan Eberle and we've got Josh Bailey. We need one of those guys gone. And I had no problem with Eberly being plucked. I would have had no problem with Bailey being plucked. Why? Because they weren't worth the money. They're getting paid. Diminishing returns. Guys in their 30s don't don't deserve, unless you're a truly talented superstar, don't deserve to make $5 million plus a year. I'm sorry, they don't. They're just guys. Jags. Well, let me ask you this, Grump. Do you have your envelope? I do. For about an hour in the show. And, you know. Hey, we, we teased it at the beginning. This is Grumpy's. Let me see what type of envelope it is first, Grump. Did you really freaking date it? 
Yeah, of course I did. That's what I mean. prediction 10 10 2022. Hold on. Yeah. Do you need 2021? 2022. 10 10 22. What do you mean? Whatever. Last year. It's for 2022. Oh, season. bullshit. Now it, it looks like it's, it's fake. It's, it's for the 2022 season. Okay. Let me see. We need to get somebody to look at this paper and see if it's been aged enough. Does it look like it's been aged enough? Okay. <laughs> Hold oh, on. Let me see. Let me. I want you to show it to on on screen. Well, too. do you want me to read the names and then show it? I'd like you to be able to read it and show us at the same time. Can you do that? Uh, to well, flip no. it and read through the paper backwards. No, Can I can't. Do? No, I can't do that. <laughs> Number eight, and I don't even. What place did they come in? I don't even know. Um, but I had some things right, some things wrong. Uh, I had the Devils being eighth because I just don't think they're that good. They finished seventh. They finished seventh. Okay. I had Columbus being seventh. They finished they, sixth. They finished sixth. Always close. I had the Rangers finishing sixth. Oh, God. Oof. Missed on that one. I had your New York Islanders rated fifth. Where's where they finished? I had Philadelphia's four. Oof. They were dead last. They were eight. Yeah. I, like I said, I missed. Uh, those are the Rangers and them were the two big misses. Washington third. Yeah, they were fourth. Pittsburgh second. They were third. And Carolina first. Yeah. Let me see, Grumpy. Mm, it looks like that was freshly written down. Can you go ahead and smear the ink real quick to make sure that the ink's still not wet, Grump? Mm, I'm seeing a little smearing. I think he just got done. He wrote that 10 10 Yeah. Of course, that has went into the future and then grabbed it. And of then course, that has. Uh, I mean, I could probably do this for next year too. This, I will. Matter of fact, I will do that for next year also. But I remember talking. I to need the you to when you do it. I need you to on the day we talk about it to have like a special envelope, and I need to see it. I need. Yeah, okay. I need to see like yeah, one of those medieval okay. seals, like whoosh, a, a wax like seal. The wax seal. Okay, we will do that. We'll do that on camera. We'll do that. There it is, Grump. Oh man, so. Hey, you know, the Islanders didn't make it. I, I really thought the Islanders were finishing third or fourth. I couldn't remember what. I think I picked them as third, but finished fifth out of the playoffs. So, yeah, disappointing, disappointing. But um, I mean, even months ago, I was saying we're going to come in ninth in conference. I mean, it was so obvious where what was going to happen. I still not sold on Columbus. Uh, Philadelphia is still a train wreck. Um, what do you mean by you're still not sold on, on Columbus? What does that mean? I even though they were ahead of us at the stand at the time uh, when I made my oh. proclamation that the Islanders were going to come in ninth, I wasn't sold on that. Um, you know, and everybody else is a bottom feeder to me. The uh, Eastern conference is so top heavy and bottom heavy. It's like, psh, you know, who's going to make it. You're going to slowly see there's going to be a time period when they're a little closer and then you're going to see it flip. I mean, think about Columbus too. You got the Cole, Cole Sillinger who played fresh <laughs> drafted this year, 2021. He played the entire season. Kent Johnson popped his little head up there towards the tail end. Uh, yeah, You've got a lot of young players across these teams. The Devils have a lot of young players that are producing. The Buffalo, uh, not in our division, but the Buffalo Sabres are another team that has a lot of young players. And guess what? The, the Detroit Red Wings did not go ahead and decide to renew their head coach and assistant coach's new contract. So the Detroit Red Wings and Steve UI will be looking for a new coach. They need to start adding some veterans to their team. That's something they need to do. Yes, I think so. To take the next step because their record was not much better than it was last year. They weren't very good this year. I know you like them, but they're not buttoned up defensively enough. They need to have some 
I mean, I know they were hoping that from Letty, but <laughs> you weren't getting that from him. But, I mean, they're a team that needs to end some veterans to the young guys right now. They had 74 points this year in 82 games. Last year they had 48 points in 56 games. Okay. Better record. Right. It was better. Yeah. It's not. Here's the thing. The coach is not going to be there. Okay, but the 48, the 48 the points was in 54 games, all right? What? The 48 points was in 54 games, 56, though, right? 56 games. Okay, so, you know. So no, it's they had a much better record this year, winning percentage wise, than it did last year. Okay, I mean you have forty eight points, right? That's that's eight points off of you know the the five hundred record of the fifty six games there in a shorter time span. This year you've got seventy, you've got eight points, but over eight points away from the fifty, you know the five hundred mark, but more games played. So they finished up with a better winning percentage percentage this year. They did. Okay, but not enough where you could say they made a big jump. I expect the big jump to be coming. Uh, this upcoming season, okay, they're going to be a they're going to be they're going to be a team that's fighting for a playoff spot. I do believe that. You look so. at them. What's the goal for Detroit? Can you even compete to make top four in division? I mean, Boston is Boston totally falling off. Not if Bergeron comes back. Does Bergeron come back? How like when you look right, it's a little different when you talk about Detroit and other teams like that. You could say, okay, we've got older teams that are taking a step back. We're taking steps forward. It's not like Detroit is an old team. All their players are getting better year after year after year. They need to make additions this offseason. So you're looking at the ability for them to really take a jump. You know, Mo Cedar's first year in the NHL, Lucas Raymond's first season in the NHL, Albert Johansson, who's going to be hopefully, you know, a budding rookie there next year. Got a lot of young players on that team. Yeah, okay. But they were still, you know, they were like 33 points behind the fourth place team in their division. That's a lot of points to make up. That's all I'm saying. Do you see Boston getting better next year? I don't, I don't see them getting 33 points worse. I see Detroit getting 10 or 15 points better. Okay. Detroit Detroit has over th what a 30 million in cap space. Yeah, they've got some guys to sign too. If I if I recall correctly, here's the thing: Stevie Y knows what the hell he's doing. There's one thing I've learned here, and Stevie Y's young general managing career, he knows how to build a team. That's true. He's been there three years now. Okay, just saying. But what? what hold on, hold on. What are you just saying? I, I'm just saying he's been there three years. They haven't made a whole lot of drastic improvement. That's all. Like I realized they were a train wreck. I understand. Or were a train wreck, right? That's what happens. That's what happens when you have to go full on rebuild. Just so get you just watch that, Islander fans. Think about it. What? Nothing. What do you what do you mean? <laughs> Nothing. What do you mean? I'm just saying, watch out. That's be careful. <laughs> we could be there soon. We could be there soon. Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. I want to talk about the positives of the Islanders season. I wasn't even talking about the Islanders. I was talking about the freaking Red Wings. Why, why have you drawn this back to the Islanders for a second? I was going to read Because I like the Islanders. It's the Islander podcast. That's why. No, you just can't stop freaking. You have to talk all the time about, oh, yeah, we're doing so. Doom. You're the doom and gloom. Unbel First podcast in the postseason already dooming and glooming it up. I'm not dooming God. and glooming at all. I want to talk about. I just said I want to talk about the positives about the Islanders. That's exactly what I just said. And it's, one those, it's one of those. It's one of those fake items. It's it's one of those it's fake not. statements that you make. It's, 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 it's a false. I set. think I think our goaltending is set. One little move, one move to get a solid, good puck moving left shot defenseman. Left our defenseman, goddammit. Left defense. Our, Just call him left defenseman. Then, ah! our de then our defense is right back. 
the tougher work is going to be the forward group. That's going to be that's going to be the tougher the tougher thing. But we're not very far away defensively at all, where we can be better defensively. We are going to have to find some way to score more goals. So, I think that's fair. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, right, Grump, I'm ready to jump into the ad. Then you're trying to introduce. I just, what are you looking at on the screen? Are you hold on? Do you have, are you trying to build off of this to something else? Is that what you're doing? What are you doing? Are you trying to build off of this to something else? Just so I know what you're I, trying to do right now. I just wanted to see the goals by our $5 million men, how many goals they had this year. Oh, God almighty. It's not many. That doesn't sound too positive. Talking about the positives, Grump, that doesn't sound like a positive Grumpy would be doing something like that, Grump. Remember when I said I, I feel like that's a setup that you don't want to actually be positive right now about them? And here you are talking about, I'm trying to look to see how many goals the $5 million men on this team have, and it's not too many. That doesn't sound like a positive item, Grump. You realize we only had two guys on the team score more than 20 goals, right? Just two Rock guys. Rock and Andrews Lee, right? That's it. Yeah. 65 goals between them. I think we had, what, 75 the whole year? So that was a lot of goals for them. Thank you so much for the positivity, Grump. Okay. This is why I don't let you steer or do anything because when I start seeing you do something, I was kind of confused yeah. because I know what you're saying. It's not true. No, I was just thinking about I was kind of gearing things we're talking about. Actually, up. no. Actually, no. I was thinking about Kyle Palmieri, and I was interested to see how many points he put up this year. Okay. Well, you know, what, what we've said, there are going to have to be improvements that need to be made this offseason. Will we do that? And what do – I think we're going to make adjustments – how drastic are the adjustments we're going to make? I think we need to make something very drastic. I think we need to make drastic moves. I don't think we could say a small addition here, just adding a top four defenseman, or let's say hypothetically, just bringing back Nicoletti and maybe going ahead and making oh, a trade. No, for no, 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 no. Don't even mention his name. He's cheap. We don't know how cheap he is. He's an unrestricted free agent. He's not going to get what he got paid prior because he hasn't played as well as the last contract. There's no way he comes. I cannot imagine that we bring him back here. I cannot. Okay. You just no. Oh. Now, see if you bring in a chicken type, your defense is ready. Even if you have to go into a semi rebuild, your defense is still young enough where all you have to worry about is your forward group. Our defense is good. If we can make that one change, let Sallow develop as a third pairing guy. Yeah, you're probably going to lose Mayfield. That's okay. You can always get a bottom pair guy, but we're young for the most part, and we can roll with that defense for a number of years. It's the forward group is what we have to worry about. Hmm. Well, gotcha. Yeah, we do have to make adjustments. Getting back to what I was saying there before we jump into that, how drastic will they be? And I think that is what's going to determine the offseason for us. How drastic are the, the moves going to be? What are you doing, Grump? I got, you know, I do my little drink and sometimes I feel like, little... I, you know what I feel like? I feel like a teacher and the kid in the classroom was like <laughs> playing around making origami as we're talking. <laughs> you know, I, if, maybe if you didn't try to be such like, a, I don't know, anal retentive, you That's wouldn't true. care too much if I picked up my drink and I was just fixing a little bit. No, 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 no. It's it's the trend I've noticed over the last ten minutes. It's the it's the it's the I knew you were lying about wanting to talk about positive items, and then as soon as I saw that smirk on your face, I knew it was not something positive. Because I know you too well, Grump. There were two huge positives here. Huge. Okay. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about those. We'll talk about those. Let's. Get that's what I that. like to talk about. Positive things. 
anybody who's not hey if this is your first time listening to the show don't let his he's earned the name the grumpy old man that's not something that was just like hey haha this is just for jokes because you're super positive we're gonna call you the grumpy old man no grumpy you don't love talking about positive you love talking about mistakes the team's made and about how how blunders impact us and you're you're more of a pessimistic fan than anything else i'm what you call a realist it's not pessimistic i just gave you a scenario where even go through my Soon to come rebuild, our defense could be set up for years to come, which soon is fine. To, soon to come rebuild, my God, yeah, because rebuild breeds success, and rebuild breeds, you know, hey, things are going well. Well, but when you Positive have outlook, that's right. That when, when you rebuild, usually things are going well. Usually, teams that win the Stanley Cup say we're rebuilding right after, right, Grump? Yeah, well, you know, after 1980, uh, 18, 83 was the last year we won a cup. So I'm just saying. Okay. All, all I'm saying is, if you have, just Jesus Christ. If you have a forward group where three quarters of your players are over the age of thirty, well, well you're going to have to rebuild that that group. Just are. Yeah, retool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're going to have to drastic, drastic <laughs> moves. Drastic moves will need to be made. Right that's, there. Uh, that's rebuild talk right there. Drastic moves. No, I think we need drastic. I consider a drastic move adding and bringing in core pieces. Right, it's not how many. Right, it's not like oh god, if we got rid of a whole bunch of bottom line guys, those are drastic moves. We've had a rebuild. It's about the core. There's certain Josh Bailey's a part of the core and has been a part of the core for years. Oh, he blows. Did you about just spit out your purple drink when I said that shit? I was gonna do a spit take, but I'm like, man, I saw the way you're sitting up in that chair. I was like, what the hell, dude? I'm like, how dumb would it be for me to spit all over my own house? Just stupid. I'm glad you didn't, but um, he's been a part of the core for years. 990 games, Grump. That's why we don't win anything. Hold on. He's part of the core. That's why we don't win anything. I want to pick on you again. Put it back up your water bottle. Dude, you took like four sips, and there's like barely anything gone in the drink. How Grumpy, I, I got to start getting you on, on grow man sips. What does that go? I'm just giving you a heart. It's the first time of the offseason. The friendly banter will be a flowing at an all-time high this offseason. Um, lots of guests to go. But, you know, you look at the two the two big pluses this year, and there's no doubt about them. Sorokin, again, showing that, hey, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. I'm a top 10. Every year, top 10 goalie in the NHL. I'm arguably already a top five goalie in the NHL. And Noah Dobson, right? Noah Dobson got more than a 50 points that originally we were keeping an eye out for, right? And what do you end up with? 51, 52 points on the year? Yeah, something like that. It was 50. Oh, hold on a second. I don't know. You don't need to worry about pulling it up, Grump. I'll get it. But you want, to talk about, you want to talk about the positives, didn't you? I, I, I was giving yeah, you a chance I, to talk I about you, them. I thought you said you were doing an ad read. Before he did that, talk about the positives because after we get back from the ad, we're going to go through comments. Okay, that's probably they're probably going to be negative, not like me, positive. But to me, the two positives was the ascension. By the way, ended with fifty-one points. Fifty-two. I'm looking at it right now. Hockey Reference has it at fifty-one. I'm looking at ESPN. They say fifty-two. Okay, whatever. Doesn't matter. Here's the thing: he broke fifty. For me, the ascension of Ilya Sorokin to certainly the number one goalie on this team and top five goalie in the league, without a doubt. Huge. I can't tell you how many games we won because of him. You think it was bad this year? Imagine what it would have been if he was not in net. He was just spectacular this year. Fantastic. Um, 
I don't think it could be understated his impact on the team. Really. He is he's able to go ahead and mask some of the deficiencies that this team has, right? If it wasn't for a spectator, and, and here's the thing: Varlamov is no chop liver. Varlamov did. Are you showing um, Dobson stats, not Sorokin? I wanted to show you for the for the record, right? It, there's going to be a t they, maybe they go to 52. People aren't going to think I'm crazy, right? I see 51. That's all I was doing. We're showing his stats. We're talking about Dobson. Uh, we're talking about Dobson in a second. We're going to talk about. God damn it, Grump! What do you interrupt me for like that? <laughs> I was on a roll, but we're talking about Sorokin. He kept us single handedly in games. He really did. Look at how many teams we say if they had the better goalie, they would have won that game. And Varlamov did that too. Varlamov had a great season, not as good as last year's season. Or again, he was a top, you know, five, top 10 goalie in the NHL. But Sorokin was a huge bright spot. Sorokin's a guy where you think to yourself, this is a guy that can steal you games in the regular season and in the playoffs. He's a guy who is one of the cornerstone pieces of why this, this team could be successful long term. Yes, without a doubt. And I didn't think Sorokin was great this year. I thought he was okay. You mean Varlamov? Varlamov, I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought he was just okay. Sorokin's the true number one. There's no 1A, 1B anymore. And so do you consider moving Varlamov in the offseason? I've seen people bring this up. If you need cap space, right, that's a way you can do so, right? And think about this. Sorokin played 52 games in the regular season this year. He's in the prime of his career. He can play himself 57, 58 games the next year, even 60, if worse comes to worse, right? You want, I think 55, 56, 57 is kind of the sweet spot. So do you need to pay your backup goalie if you're playing Sorokin, let's say, 57 games in the regular season? Do you need to pay a backup goalie $5 million to play 30 games? Not for me, you don't. I don't think so. I mean... Like I said, he's the true number one now. So it's like in Tampa, right? They have Vasilevsky. Who's their backup? Does it even matter? No, because when it becomes, becomes nut crunch in time, Vasilevsky's in net. So that can be the same thing with Sorokin. He plays against all the good teams. You give whoever the new backup is, they play. he plays the scrubby brush squads. I mean, it should be, like I said, two to one in games at least. Sorokin has shown he can play a lot of games and not get worn down as the season goes on. I did like I, nut crunching time. What the hell is nut, nut crunching time, Grumpy? You know, when it gets tough. Okay, so he started He started only 52 games. Okay, 52 but, out of 82. Still, I was about to say, 52 out of 82, right? That leaves 30 games for the backup. And, and here's the thing. If you're playing in 57 games, and let's say you're starting in 57 games, it's only 25 games for the backup needed. Right, and you don't want to pay five million dollars in the salary cap era to a guy who plays twenty five games. Five million dollars, obviously, when your cap, you know, is is you know eighty million. What is that, Grump? You're looking at like uh, too much. One sixteenth of your cap. Too much. Let's just put it to you that way. Too much money for a backup goalie. I'm gonna pull it up and actually do the math. So if you could have actually. If you want it for like a few more seconds, I'll get it done for it. Okay, it doesn't matter what the percentage is. I mean, I could have told you. If you wanted me to look up the percentage, I could do it because six, if, six about 6.1%. Okay, well, then there you go. 
All you have to do is go to cap friendly. They actually tell you the percentage. One sixteenth of the cap, roughly, and you're looking at six point one percent for a guy who right. plays not even half the games for you. Absolutely. I mean, we talk about we talk about how can we creatively open and free up cap space. I think he's a guy too. You could find a way to open up cap space by trading a guy like Varlamov. Right, and let's say you get a goalie, a backup who makes two million per. Now you're getting really good value out of your goaltenders because Sorokin's at four million, right? So for me, six million for your goaltending position as opposed to nine, that's a pretty good savings right there. And like I said, we have twelve million in cap space going into the off season. We don't have a whole lot of guys to sign. Certainly not guys who are unrestricted. We have no adoption and Kiefer Bellows. Those are two guys that, yes, we certainly, I, in my opinion, we want to re-sign, right? But, I mean, who else, really? Char and Green are gone. Sebastian Ajo, he's a, uh, you know, he's an unrestricted free agent. How much money would he make? Not a whole lot. Other than that, we don't have another free agent. And we have $12 million in cap space. We can do anything we really want to. If we're creative and we'll, we'll look, we're not going to jump too much further down this hole because remember we got a whole off season. So I just wanted to mention, right. He takes up cap space. I'm just saying we could free up a little bit of cap there. We'll get into more specifics on a real in-depth detail this off season. Cause this is podcast number one of the first off the first podcast of the off season. Okay. That's fine. But yes, we do have cap space. We can free up cap space. And my point was with Sorokin playing as well as he's played here this year, do we need to go ahead and tie $5 million to Varlamov? Probably not if you're only going to need him to play 30 regular season games like he did this year. Okay. You're having a fun time, man. Yeah, I was. I was the show on schedule. I told you we're not going to be here for three hours today. And you get around like this. What is that? That's right. I, I'm, I'm sorry. My bad. God almighty. Uh, don't worry. I was doing a um, rocket ship. I was doing a crashing rocket, a boat. I'm happy. Uh, the only thing, honestly, was I heard you because usually I'm, I'm bouncing between screen from screen from screen. But, you know, here here's the thing. Sorokin's a huge positive and a huge plus for this team this year. No adoption or really taking a step forward is another huge plus this year. I think there have been disappointments, right? I think that Anthony Bavillier struggled this year. I think Matt Barzal struggled this year. Obviously, Oliver Wallstrom struggled this year. A lot of forwards struggled. Um, you know, and, and that that's that's you know, that's the crux of the issue. I think we've seen that Kiefer Bellows can be part of the solution going forward. Or at least can play a role, right? I think yeah. that you know, for everybody who said he can't even play on a on a game in game out basis, that's wrong. Yes, and when you say Dobson, he took a step forward. I think he took a leap forward. I said a huge step. If I didn't say huge step, I meant to say huge step. I thought he took a huge step forward. Yeah, I mean, he's the best defenseman on the team right now. All period. around defenseman, yeah, I definitely absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you know, th there definitely are some pluses. There's areas where we can build off of. That's for certain. Um, there needs to be there needs to be quite a bit of moves this offseason. As the things get closer, right, we'll talk a little bit more about you know possibly what moves they can make. There needs to be a few huge additions, right? You can't sit on your hands this offseason if we want to make a push for you know the Stanley Cup, right, or even the playoffs. Okay, I'm going to say the Stanley Cup, but you can okay. say the I'm going to say playoffs because we're not a playoff team. We we have to make moves even to be a viable playoff team next year. Just do. Nothing wrong with that. If you're not if you're not moving forward, if you're standing still, you're going backward. That's the way it is. 
Yeah, and the last few years, we just kind of stood in place. Mm. Yes. But, Grumpy, now's the time for the ad read. Today's sponsor is brought to you by a Giraffe Kings, Grumpy Old Man. Um, hockey fans feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sport betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team and win to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play for free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points with goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply and see the show notes and the description for additional details. Good job, TJ. Thank you. Um, Master Lego Yoda. Yeah, I was late. I was late. Um, Demetri P said he's got some Wendy's. Oh man, I was about to say, Grumpy, I haven't eaten dinner yet tonight. I'm either between pizza or some tacos. So if anybody else wants to weigh in on what I should eat for, for dinner, I'm kind of up in the air. I really want suggestions. Uh, Emmanuel R says, good evening, gentlemen. All right, give me your final grades. I'm giving them a C. This team was bad all around, but let's not pretend the new arena, the shitty schedule, and COVID didn't affect them. I think it did affect them, but not you know an unbelievable amount of effect. You know, I think it did affect them a bit, but it, it, didn't, it didn't change us from being a playoff caliber team to a non-playoff caliber team. D. D. See, no, you're a team that went to the conference finals two years in a row, and next year you don't make the playoffs. That's not a C, that's a D. If we would have made the playoffs and gotten beaten the first round, maybe that would be a C. This is a D. We weren't even close to snipping the playoffs this year. There's no way they get a passing grade at all for me. The way I look at this year, I don't look at it as a write-off. I think it's foolish to do that, and I've said it before. I think it's foolish, and it's just it's short-sighted. You're ignoring the actual problems that the team has. I think that now, right, that they said they're going to be making moves or intend to make moves, right, people will say, oh, okay, yeah, maybe it's not a write-off. We've seen that kind of shift a bit of the mentality of common fans. You know, I I, I, I would probably put it around a C-minus grump. Or D plus. It's that weird in between, right? We're teetering on. It's like a what's what's a, what's the difference between a C minus and a C plus? We've got whatever that that number is in half. So if it's a 69, 69 and a half that differentiates between a D, a D plus and a and a C minus, it's it's not good. You know, it has been a failure. D. D. No pluses, no minuses. D. I'm giving them a D plus. We were dull, destructive. <laughs> Devastatingly bad. D. <laughs> That's a triple D, Grumpy. D. Oh. Uh, the only thing that stopped me from being F is Montreal. They were an F. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals, and they were one of the worst teams in the league, maybe the worst team in the league, F for Montreal. We were a D. Yeah, and I think that's a full explosion. They, you know, they and they they're a team that's, you know, still in the rebuild. I thought they caught lightning in a bottle. Here's the thing with the Islanders, it wasn't like it was lightning in a bottle. We went to Eastern Conference Finals in back to back seasons. 
grumpy as you say, oh, you know, there's there are extenuating circumstances as to how we got there. The bottom line is we made it to back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals, and this year we didn't make the playoffs. And it's not, it's you can't say, oh, it's just like with Tampa. It's not. It's not like when Tampa was in 2016-17 season. Tampa Bay was a really good team. They were a fantastic team. Again, who had injuries and a lot of their a lot of their core were in their mid to young 20s. That's just not the case with us. We're a veteran team. In the 30s. Yeah, well I, well, I meant to say why we're a veteran team. We're a team that shouldn't be affected so much by the ups and downs and the emotions of a year where a younger o- team can be. A-F. Old oh. as... Put your own F word in there. Old as freak, right, Grumpy? Yeah, there you go. Oh, man, oh, man. Uh, Pony Curtis says, boys, 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 I so badly want to listen and participate live, but I'm at my friend's house before gathering. Have fun, Pony Boy Curtis. And he says, Minnesota and Florida in the cup this year. TJ and Grump, who are you, uh, uh, who are you all uh, participating? Cast your, or who you guys thinking is going to win? Cast your predictions now. I, I mean. I'm going to wait until Wednesday. Okay, we'll do it Wednesday. I was about to say, I've got, I've got a couple of games under our belt, but I'm going to tell you what Tampa Bay is going to be in the running. That much I can't tell you. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, technically, I guess we should have come prepared on who we think is going to win now, but <laughs> I was so worried about the Islanders season. I didn't even, I didn't really have a chance to let it, you know, the process in. Hey, we need to get prepped for the, you know, the postseason. Uh, so I do apologize. Scott L saying, hey, what's up, Scott? Emmanuel Arsh is saying pluses and minuses. Plus, Sorokin's a legit number one. Minus. Barry Trotz. I don't think uh, I don't know what to say about Barry, but he was bad this year. Yeah, and that's he another have, minus. This, that's another that's another minus this year. I think it's Barry Trotz. Yeah, he didn't have a good year this year. I would have liked if he would have handled Oliver Wallstrom a little bit differently, but that's the way he always handles the young guys. Same thing with Kiefer Bellows. You've seen Bellows kind of come out the other side the second half of the season. And that's where I think some of the injuries that they had uh, gave him some extended ice time. The fact that we didn't qualify for the playoffs gave us more of a chance to watch Kiefer Bellows. And I think you saw him step up. If I'm Kiefer Bellows, I'm telling you what, kid, get out there, work with a power skating coach all offseason. That's the one thing he just needs to work on. Don't try to think you're Anders Lee. I know you're a better skater than him, but you need to get out there and try to improve your skating. And I think he should do that. I don't think there's anything wrong saying, you know what? He's got another, you know, six inches on his stride when he comes back. Well, the funny thing is, too, you look at his production, right? He put up points this year. Yeah. 19 points points in 45 games and averaged 11 minutes and 52 seconds of ice time a night. So playing bottom six minutes, you know, freaking, you know, playing minimal minutes. I'd say Matt Martin. Averages around that time period. So averaging the same minutes that Matt Martin did, like I put up 19 points in 45 games. I'm not saying this guy is going to be the next, you know, Gretzky is not going to be the next Messier or anything like that. I'm just saying he's a guy who can contribute and you could have him on a cheap deal. He's a guy that can You talk about cap and how to go ahead and stretch your cap. Getting a player like this headed in the right direction where he can contribute point-wise, the same that other players have that you're paying four or five million more than him, that's how you make your dollars go and stretch further. That's why I keep on saying it's so important to make sure you don't trade away draft picks. This way, your younger players on entry-level deals can afford you the chance to go after a big name in free agency where right now we really don't have that option with so many guys on the long-term contracts. Mm. 
And you look at the points too, right? He put up points against Carolina, put it down the stretch, right? Washington, Tampa, Florida in the overtime game. You know, he's putting up points against, you know, playoff contention teams. And, you know, he kind of did pick up, you know, his play a little bit as of late. But, uh, you know, it's just he's a guy who I think can take a step forward. He's a guy who can, you know, play uh, as an every night NHLer. I'm not saying he's going to be a bona fide top six guy or anything like that. I think it would be ir- irresponsible to do that. But I think he's a guy who can play an every game role. He yes. can play minutes and he's very cheap and affordable. Yes. So you can target more of the top end talent. That's out in free agency. You could make a guy like a Philip Forsberg fit on your roster. You can you can afford to sign the players that need to be signed to big money to big money. He's an RFA this uh, this year, which is fine. How much money do you think he's really going to command? I mean, tops what one and a half million, something like that. It's not I mean, yeah, be not a whole lot. So that's a guy you definitely want to bring back. Sign him to a two three year deal at that type of money. Absolutely. The thing is, we have to move some of the guys who make big money on this team. That's imperative. Yep. Shooters Buckhockey says, even though this season was a disaster, it will still suck to wait five months for the boys to be back. For certain, it will. The more painful, the most painful part um, will be if the Rangers make a deep run. I'm scared they will. I don't know. I think the Rangers are a little bit of a pretender. It's just how hot is Shesterkin going to be? You know, everything gets magnified in the playoffs. If yes. defensive mistakes get magnified and let's say Shesterkin's not seeing a ball like a beach ball out there, I could see them getting an earlier bounce than what yes. people expect. Agreed. They're a good team, and I think they're a team that's headed certainly in the right direction. You know, if you're a Ranger fan, you got to say, holy shit, you know, even if we don't make a long run this year, this is much better than what my expectations were going into the season, and we've got the right coach and the right staff, and we're headed in the right direction. Gerard Gallant, remember, Every single team that Gallant goes to seems to drink the Gallant Kool-Aid for a few years. Florida did it when they made a few of those playoff runs in the past. Vegas did it when they made the Stanley Cup Finals. And now the Rangers, just like that, overnight, after they get rid of College Quinn, are now headed in the right direction. And that I mean, they had the talent. And we talked about it, you know, two years ago, about the talent that the Rangers had. Who's line, who's, whose roster would you rather have, remember? Yes. Um, and we said Rangers. But here's the thing. That's what a good coach can do. And I think Barry Trotz is a good coach. Don't get me wrong. But Gallant he more this year. Yeah, but Gallant is a good coach for that type of team that the Rangers have. I was about to say, and as the Rangers kind of get older and as the Rangers start to mature, Gallant's not a guy who coaches t- more veteran-ish type teams. He's not. Yeah, he's really he's a guy good. He can really motivate young individuals and you know and, and put them over the edge. And that's yes. that's that's where his hot spot is. You know, as great as Gallant is, right? He's got a short, finite window where I think he's a very effective coach for them. True. Um, Scott L said Bellows should be in a fixture and should be a fixture in the lineup next season. But do you think the Armadillo will keep shuffling him in and out of the lineup? It all depends yes. if they move a couple of the forwards out. If they don't, you're going to see more of the same. I think that they will move a couple of forwards out. They have to. They have to understand that that has to be done. Like I said, they're not stupid, even though we might say they are sometimes. They're not. They know. They know they have to move a couple of forwards out. I just hope that it's not the younger guys. Okay. I hope it's not the ones that could could have a positive impact. Right. I mean, if you feel like you have to sacrifice Bavillier, okay. But I'm not willing to sacrifice Wallstrom at 21 years old or Bellows, who makes nothing at 24 years old, I'm not looking to move those guys out. Let me ask you this. Now, Bellis is only 23, I think. Let me okay. let me ask you this, or 22. 
let me ask you this. If 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 um, Anthony Bavillier has to be moved in a trade, oh he'll be 24 this next year. If Bavillier has to be moved in a trade in order to get a guy like Chikrin or whatever, in order to address you know our defensive, you know adding a top four defenseman, would you say you'd feel comfortable with a guy like Kiefer Bellows playing an elevated role next year? I don't think he's an Anthony Bavillier type player, and what I mean by that is a guy who can drive a line because he's a good skater. Uh, and that's what Villiers does, let's be honest. When he's hard charging and going into corners and using his speed, it makes everybody else on the line better. When he's not, the line doesn't move. So that's the risk of moving someone like that. But if he, had, okay, go ahead. if he had to be moved to get a chicken, as long as you're moving another veteran off in that deal, I'm fine with it. You just said Villiers has to be you know, heading in all directions, moving around to drive a line. Brock Nelson has a career year when Anthony Bavillier struggles mightily. I don't. I'm not sure it holds as much value that statement as it did in the past. Yeah, I do. I, I okay. Brock I Nelson doesn't that. drive a line. How do you explain Brock Nelson's career season this year? When he went to the net more this year. He went to the net more this year. He he was another perimeter feat his whole career. This year he went to the net more. He scored a lot of in close goals this year, a lot. I, I thought I thought he was more involved closer to the net this year. He's got a good shot, really good wrist shot. I mean, that was that's why he benefited, I think. And here's the thing too about Anthony Pavilion. I'd be I would be fine. And you know, if we had to go and say, you know, Pavilion's gotta go. He's a guy who wildly inconsistent year in and year out. That's just what he is. He's a top nine forward on really good team as a third line guy. 75 games played this year, 12 goals, 22 assists, 34 points. I could not see him, if he's on the Islanders next year, I could not see him taking a step backwards. I mean, that's pretty woeful, right? You're playing a top six role. You're playing on a power play every single night out there, right? You're averaging, let me see how many minutes he got. You had to be averaging close to 16 minutes. 16 minutes and 50 seconds a night, that's inexcusable to be averaging a point every other game for the most part, you know, a little less than a point every other game. Hell, if you give a guy like Kiefer Bellows that type of time a lot on the ice, I'm sure his numbers in offensive production would have been higher than Anthony Bavillier's over that stretch. Yeah, I, I just think Bavillier had a bad year this year. And once again, it sometimes you have to move a guy out for himself, for your team, to make them better. Like when the Islanders moved Billy Harris and Dave Lewis for Butch Goring. I love Dave Lewis, and I like Billy Harris. I didn't love him. I liked him. But, you know, and he was a solid producer for them. Uh, he was the first pick in the draft, his draft year. But you know what? At some point in time, to make the team better to take it to the next level, maybe you have to move some of those guys. We don't have a whole lot of those guys, though, that are appealing to other teams. Bavillier is one of them, though. Very little appeal. Anthony Bavillier has so little appeal, it's not even funny. The guy's never cracked 40 points. The guy has, you know, he's coming off of an all, he's coming off of a year low. What type of value do you think Anthony Bavillier realistically has? I don't think much. Around the league, I think more than you think. So what? If you were trading him for a pick, I'd say this guy goes for a second. I think he gets moved in a package deal. I think he gets moved in a package deal to get someone else on the team not a pick I, I think he does i'm just saying to put a value on him a draft pick value right because sometimes you look at the trade deadline they're traded for draft pick values anthony bavilli is not a guy who's going to get you a huge haul he's never cracked 40 points ever in his nhl career he's 24 years old okay i mean what second round pick 
if you're moving him for a pick. I'm just that's I'm just saying it's not a lot of value for a guy who's 24 years old who's still got you know he's. he's I think he has young term on the contract. I think he has more value on other teams because his skill set is more beneficial to teams that are uh, up and down the ice teams, not slog and grind it out teams like ours. That's why I'm saying I think his appeal to other teams is more than here because his game translates to the modern NHL. It does. Here's the thing. You're not going to have a lot of trade value for a guy who's never cracked 40 points, number one, and number two is coming off of one of the worst years he's ever had in his career. That is going to – I think that's going to – you talk about trade value, right? When you trade a guy, this is – we're trading at a low point for Anthony Bavillier, and I just don't like the concept of that. I don't mind it, but you're tra- unless somebody's willing to give you the value he actually has, you're trading him at a low point, which kind of sucks. You're getting well, less than what you should for him. You could say the same thing about Chikrin, right? He had – he was a – this is the low point for him. And if they're trying to move him, they shouldn't get anywhere near the value that they think they should get because he was terrible this year. Chikrin will get paid. They they have the cards, right? They have no need. They don't need to trade him. They could just say, okay, he's on our team this next year. Don't why worry. Do they keep, why does his name keep up coming up in trade rumors then? That's got to be something wrong. Because he can get them a lot of draft capital. They know his value. They said, if you're willing to pay the value of this guy, look, Rump. Okay, I just disagree. That's all. Okay, gotcha. They're going to have to lower expectations of what they demand for him because he was terrible this year. Okay. The same thing you're preaching about Pavilion, I'm saying about Chikrin. Pavilion, God damn. Chikrin is a whole much better player than Anthony Pavilion. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying he was poor this year, really poor, just like Pavilion. What would you classify as really poor for him? 21 points is not good, and a minus 20? That's not good for your number one defenseman. I'm sorry. He was not great this year. He was a minus 20. Okay, he played 47 games. He played okay. 47 games and had 21 points. And he was hurt too. Okay. I'm sorry. That's, you're not going to get great. I just don't think they're going to get what they want for him. That's Defensemen, all. generally speaking, get more of a haul than forwards do, especially guys who are number nine forwards. Agreed. You know what I mean? So when a guy struggles as a top pairing defenseman struggles a bit, they get a little bit more wiggle room and a little bit more leniency. When a guy who's a you know questionable third line guy struggles, he doesn't get that. So I agree, but they're not going to get two number ones and two starters for Chikrin. That's just not going to happen. I didn't say they get two number ones. And that's two what starters. they're demanding. That's what they're demanding from teams. That was their demand. Okay. They're not going to get that. They're going to have to lower expectations if they want to move them. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I, what did I say this offseason? They would probably want Wallstrom, Villiers, first-round pick. That's yeah. probably what they're going to want. Then you, then you don't make that deal. Okay. Then you don't make that deal. We talked about the asking price. That's where I think their asking price is. But we'll see. No, need, can, to, no need to get in a rabbit hole, Grum. Go ahead, Grum. Go ahead. You, you can ask for whatever you want. doesn't mean you're going to get it. Okay. Gotcha. Emmanuel, because I know you, you and I disagree on this a good bit. You and I disagree. I, I look at the trades that have been done in the past. This guy's a young defenseman. He's going to get a big return. Um, Walk up. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, we will. Emmanuel R. says, are you guys doing an NHL bracket for the Islanders Never Said I podcast? Um, on Maybe we should do one of those on ESPN. Sure. Why not? What the heck? If they have one, we'll do one on ESPN. If we do, we'll make sure we bring it up on. Oh, shit. When did the playoffs start? Is it Tuesday or Wednesday? The second. I think it's Monday. Oh, shit. Um, God almighty. Well, you can it's even Monday. start uh, after that. Just people. Oh, no, you can't You can't submit it. They won't let you submit. I'm sure after like two or one or two games have been played for certain series, they won't let you do that. Um, 
Ugh. So probably uh, not then, I guess. Pro- <laughs> unless you just post it. Unless you just post. What grump? Unless you just redo it tonight or tomorrow and then post it. Okay. Keep your eyes out. If we do one, I'll make sure I post it on social media, as Grumpy already said, and I was about to say before you got me there. But, yeah, that's, if we do it, we'll make sure we have it on there. If not, it's no big deal, right? I, 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 shit. I got to get on the hook then, Grump, because it's crazy to think how quick the, the NHL playoffs are starting, and I didn't really pay too much attention to the matchups because the Islanders are not impacted on it. True. Um, Bailey had 13 goals. Deal with it, Grump, says Master Lego Yoda. He, um, had, he actually had 14. Even the two of them were kick-ins by the other team. Okay, Alexander says, hey, guys, how are you guys doing? What's up, Alexander? I'm doing well. George P. said, sent you an image on Facebook. Um, let's see here. What the, I'll try to pull that up here in a second. Oh, Drew wanted to show this, Grumpy. Get a little kick out of this. And now, given, I think this looks like Adam Pellick when he was much younger because Adam Pellick's hair looks fantastic there on that one. Oh, oh wow. Oh, boy. That yeah. is not good. You enjoying that one, Grump? Yeah. Now, how old is Adam Pellick? That's not the current picture of Adam Pellick. That's a prior picture. That looks I'm, like a 20-year-old Adam Pellick. Okay. I'm just wondering how old he is was my question. I don't – You could you do that as I'm trying to pull up the other He's image? 27. You he is 27 years old. Hoo-hoo-hoo. How he's younger old than I am. He's younger, younger than, than I am. Okay. Yeah. That's all that needs to be known is he's younger Look, than I am. He looks the same. You look very similar. Oh, is that what it is? Look at huh? the eyebrows, the same type of eyebrows, too. Very pointy. There it looks it like you should be having <laughs> snidely whiplash, somebody like that, with those eyebrows, the two of you. Let me see here. Let me try to pull this. Yeah, that's not a good picture of you there, I don't think. It's not an endearing photo, but that's what that's what you get when you get our our fans do that. Then what can you say? Doesn't bother me though. Um okay. Here we go. That popped that up. Geritol. Going for it all with a lot of with lots of Geritol. Yeah. And that's I'm not sure what that is. You know what Geritol is? It's what old people take. Okay. I didn't know that. So George George sent that to us. Uh Drew L says Minnesota is my sleeper team for the playoffs. They looked really good yesterday. The so West is gonna be fun. The West is gonna be fun to watch. Isles 44 says it's amazing and bizarre how we got stuck in the ninth place for about half of the half of the season. Yeah, it's because it was the haves and have nots in yep. the Eastern Conference this year. Alexander says, guys, the schedule didn't do us a favor by having the 13 game, you meant to say 13 game road trip. And also don't forget, COVID really screwed us as well. Uh, Jesus, 16 points out of the playoffs. Alexander. It didn't help. I'm not saying it helped, right? I'm not saying, oh, it didn't have a negative impact. 16 points worth. Do we think the 13-game road trip and COVID that every team was affected by hurt us 16 points worth? I don't. It hurt us, but not that bad. The biggest disparity was our record against playoff teams and non-playoff teams. Drew L. says, also, WTF were the Patriots, the Seahawks, and the Bears doing uh, during the draft? My God, I don't even know I didn't watch today. I didn't think the Seahawks did that poorly. The Bears and the Patriots, on the other hand, yikes. Yikes. How bad was it, Grump? Yikes and away. Yikes and away. It was terrible for those two teams. Mm. I thought the Seahawks was okay, actually. Okay. Well, there it is. And we'll talk about our NFL draft review tomorrow. That's for certain. Yep. Alice 44 said, I'd be curious to know what Nelson's trade value would be after scoring 37 goals. I'm sure they wouldn't even bother to see what's out there. And see, that's my point of view. 
if you take a realistic look at the offseason and say, you know what? Because, I mean, you know they're talking to other teams, particularly if it's about trades, what things are going to cost, or at least they have a baseline. And if you see that, gosh, we're not going to be able to get over the hump of what we see out there, Brock Nelson has his a career year, without a doubt, doubled his highest shooting percentage. I mean, he was really, really good this year, right? His trade value is never going to be higher. Do you move him if you get two firsts? Me? I'd love to move a guy who's had a career year, who's just been pretty average, never scored more than 26 goals in the season before, has 37 this year. If you get a couple of firsts for him, I would absolutely consider moving him. I don't know how you always make sure to find a way to put that type of twist on it, Grump. They're not I'm, doing I'm, that. I'm just going by what – hold on, hold on. No, they said – do. They said, what do you think his value would be? And you're talking about, I would do this. I would do that. Grump, we know the team's not doing that. Come on now. Okay. I would say the value of him, it's hard, oh, it's hard, it's hard to evaluate, wouldn't it? So hold on. I should just ignore the questions that they come up then? Because they're not, asking, they're not asking what you would do. They're not, and we have no, I don't even know how you come up with the number two first, Grump. How did you get to that number? What type of scientific equation, mathematical equation did you have on that? 37 goals for a guy who's pretty good defensively and has really improved under Barry Trotz. That's what I, that's the way I look at it. He's not finished, but he's a guy on a right team could help maybe put them over the top. He's at, you know, this is a career year for him. I don't know how much you get for him. I think a first plus, I don't know if it's two firsts, but they're not doing that. They're not trading it. So okay, but you realize that wasn't the question. He didn't ask, what would your opinion be on this? What's his trade value? That means he's asking me what I think his trade, trade value is. Trade value, maybe a, a first plus. All right, I said that you, you, you did that thing, Grumpy, where you start going there. You say, this is what I would do because it was this, right? He's coming off a year high. I would do this. It's not asking what you would do, Grumpy. You find a way to squeeze it in on Brock Nelson every freaking show because you hate his ass, and I like Brock Nelson. It just pisses me off, Grumpy. It rubs me the wrong way. Really Brock Nelson is not them. the problem on Man, this team. Do I, help they, I hope they trade Brock Nelson. Hey. He's not I'm the problem on this team. I want you, him moved. And you've been you've been opining all year long that he is. Oh, he only scores. You need speed. me he on that wall. He really does you that. Want me on that wall? That's what I feel like, Grump. Because you're over here talking. You you, you talk shit about him, even when he played well all year long. Oh, he scores garbage goals. Oh, he what scores only gets shitty teams. He only does this. What did I just say about him now? I said he had a career year. He went to the net more. He improved as a player. I said that if he's getting, if he's can get you two first round picks, that doesn't mean he sucks. That means he played really well. He did have a career year this year. 26 was his highest goals ever. He had 37 this year tied for the team lead in scoring. Okay. And he plays pretty good defense. That's a guy you could absolutely move and maybe get two first for him. Yes. That's what I say. And I would. That's what you would do in that group. Yeah, why don't you go ahead? Why don't you try to go ahead and undersell Next him? Next question. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for you to go ahead and say he only scores garbage goals. He only does this because that's the way it usually goes. You start off with that bit, what you would do, and then you say because he only scores garbage goals, he only scores goals against shitty teams. You do it every time you talk guy, about it. The guy Always. Who garbage goals is in uh, is Anders Lake. Fuck. You just move the name. I mean, like, God almighty, all the goals count the same. I don't care if they're scoring garbage goals. You goals own the garbage, man. What are you talking about? The way he scores goals are that of a garbage man. He stands he's a lunch pail guy. He's a guy who's a blue collar type of guy. He stands in front of the net and redirects pucks in there and shams pucks down low. Garbage goals. 
Brock Nelson scores a lot of those too. Ah, there we go. There next, we go. Next comment. God almighty. George P said, here's the real problem. How many games did this team play a full 60 minutes? None. And uh, do you think that they have a magic switch that changes that next year? Please. No, they don't. Please. No. And that's that's the whole thing. I know you can't come out and play hard for 60 minutes. I understand. But how many times, and we saw it last year too, honestly, did we come out and we come out flat? Or have a complete effort. Or we come out just totally flat in the first period. Or we have a good first period and are totally flat in the second period. I, that, To me, that's on coaching. It's like, why? Okay. Um, we didn't have any full 60-minute performances. and, and the, it, yeah, I'm sorry. and But the whole thing is, it's a veteran team. They shouldn't have those ups and downs. Younger teams, I could understand. Not a veteran team like this, who's took been the in the system for how many years? Took the words right out of my mouth, Grumpy. Scott L says here, and Jeff Blashill, um, or Blashill is no longer the head coach in Detroit. Could you see Lane Lambert leaving the Islanders and taking a Detroit head coaching job? I think they're going to go for somebody more high profile than Lane Lambert. I think they've got the cachet to bring in a big guy, a big name guy. I is a big name guy going to want to go there when they're not really ready to compete yet? They're really close. And I'm going to tell you one thing. They've got 36 million in cap space this offseason. I'm looking at the guys they've got to re-sign back. They've got restricted free agents like Zadina, they've got the Kaiser, they've got they're going to have a lot of cap space available. 36 million worth. I, okay. I that's a that's a team I could really see making a huge play. Where does Johnny Goudreau want to go? Not Detroit. Okay, how do you know that? I just don't think he does. <laughs> when he doesn't go to Detroit, they'll say, well, what makes you think he wants to go to Detroit? Jesus Christ. I just didn't know if he was like, he'd come Detroit. out and said, I don't want to play for Detroit. What makes him want to play with Detroit is the fact that he's playing with a whole bunch of fantastic young individuals that are going to be on the right side and they're heading in the right direction. That could be the reason why. On a rebuilding team. Okay. They're a team that is like one, if not two years away from being a team that's in a playoff every single year for the next 10 years. On a rebuilding team. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. You know what I can't wait for is when Detroit next year is beating the living piss out of teams left and right after a fantastic offseason by Stevie Y. I'm just sitting here with a shitty grin on my face if saying, they oh, have, if, How's that how's that rebuilding team going, Grump? If they actually do those things, then I'll reassess. Right now, offseason just starting. Just starting. That's why I'm making all these plans. I had these grandiose plans for the Islanders. Probably not going to come to fruition, but that doesn't mean I can't hope. Because you're Mr. Positive, right? You couldn't right. see. You think Johnny Goudreau and Philip Forsberg both coming here? If they, they move, love Harry Trotz, I, I don't know if they can clear enough money, but if they could dump some of the dead wood and bring those two guys on, that makes us a contender for certain. And get, get Chikrin. If you get Goudreau, Forsberg, and Chikrin, and able to get rid of Bailey and Lee and Nelson. Hey, we're cooking with we're cooking with uh, with gas now. God damn it, Crump! I told you before. He's got the no. They're not trading. Him Andersley. He's got the no trade clause. It's not happening, Crump. Or modified no. Whatever the hell it is now, it's not you give happening. A guy, you give a guy a seven year contract Next. for seven million per, and give him a no trade clause. Ugh. Next. Oh Losers. my god. Detroit will be there, and I could see them enticing. A big name guy to come there with veteran leadership. Detroit will be better next year. Mark my freaking words. They're going to be know, much better next year. You know who else is going to be better? Buffalo. They will be better. That's correct. So, so what do they be sixth in, in their division again? 
Six. Yeah, that's that's cute. Jewel says, I honestly think that is a bad idea to trade. It wouldn't. No, no, no. It wouldn't be such a bad idea to trade Nelson. Thank you very much. Thank you, Drew. True knows. True, Don't try friend. to change the words to fit your narrative. Read them as written, please. Oh, my God. Yeah, Drew thinks it's a good deal. And I, I do too. A good idea. Yeah, a good idea. Um, Frank Hay says here, uh, this is such a sour feeling. You saw everything wrong with this team in the third period. It looks like we saw Char and Green's last game. This summer will tell all. Yep. Yes. And that will make us better with two younger defensemen for certain. Uh, Isles 44 says, a grumpy is correct. They're terrible against good skating teams. Even three years ago, when they went, uh, when they were a much better team, they were crushed by the Hurricanes in the playoffs. Yeah. Teams of skate give us problems. Um, Rich A said, we have to hope, like hell, we caught lightning in a bottle or lightning in a barrel with uh, William DeFore and Atu Ratu. Yeah. I don't, you know, I read something. DeFore needs to keep work on his skating. Okay, that means he can't skate. Got to be able to skate. I think Ratu can, but he won't be up next year. He just won't. Here's here, This is the way I look at it. He could be a very – if he makes it and somehow finds a way to paint it in the NHL, which is always – you know, it's it's a, it's a tough ask. You're going to have to – he's years away, and I say that as nice as possible, right? If you're not one of the fastest skaters and juniors right now, he's 20 years old playing against kids ranging from 16 to 20, right? If you're not one of the fastest skaters and juniors, it means you're not going to be one of the fastest skaters in the A. Simple as that. And if you ever watch the AHL, what distinguishes the really good players that can make the jump to the NHL, the bad players are skating. If he's not the best skater in, in, in juniors, he won't be a great skater in the A. He won't be a, an adequate skater in the NHL. He's going to have to continue to improve skating. And again, yeah. I'm not sure, I haven't watched any of his games for the St. John or for where I know he's playing in the, in the Quebec Major Junior in the Junior Hockey League. Haven't watched any of the games. Can he continue to take those steps forward? That's always the big thing. I also believe that the Memorial Cup is being held there, so I think they're one of the teams that's going to be in it, which will be interesting to watch. And when you when you're scoring as many goals as he does, you'd hope that you know that the team is winning games. You know, <laughs> at least defensively, where they're able to do it. Right, he ended. I think he or ended the the regular season or close to the end of the regular season. Sixty five games played, fifty five goals, sixty assists, one hundred and fifteen points in the regular season. That's pretty plus good. 53, plus fifty three. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. I'm interested. I want to. I want to see him play. Yep. Yep. I will tell you one thing. As those games come up, we will be watching. I'm sure the Memorial Cup. We will be watching White Grump. I do have a question. You know how when they have trots up there and all the other players, they call Dobson is Dauber, Pelic is Pelly, Pulak is Pulley, Bailey is Bales, Lee is Leezy. What would they call William DeFore? Would they call him Doofus? I, I don't really know. Willie or Doofy? Doofy. Doofy. Okay. Is Doofy the kind of name you want? <laughs> Maybe I mean, just call him DeFore. I don't know. Willie or something like that. That that could be like an odd nickname. He'll have to have one of that's like, uh, or like, uh, I don't know. He'll have to have an odd one because Doofy doesn't really work. Maybe will do. <laughs> will do. You heard it here first. Lean DeFore's nickname, will do. Will um, do. That's a good name, actually. Will do. Yeah, it rhymes with mildew. Um, George Peace. <laughs> George. I thought, see, I'm positive. It means when you need to put him out there, he will do. He will score. He will do. Alexander said, um, I was so disappointed about this team. They underachieved the whole year. For certain it did, Alexander. And George P. saying, please stop this. What in God's name makes you think that we're going to get a trade? We're going to trade for any. We're going to trade any of this flotsam and jettison that we Jetsum. have. Jetsum. Flotsam and jetsum. That's and that's the problem you have. 
you got to get move some of the guys out to bring in new guys. Isles 44 said, I think if we simply dump Chara and Green and swap them for Salo and Ajo, that would make a big difference. They'd be faster and much younger. They need a veteran to be a top four guy. Oh, well, I don't mind. Chikrin's not a veteran, but. Yeah, he is. He's played how many years in the league? Ajo is older than Chikrin. But Ajo hasn't played a whole lot of years in the NHL. Just, when I think veteran, I think of an older. It doesn't. Okay, if a guy is let's say thirty-four years old and has only played two years in the league, I'd still say he's a veteran. Okay, well then he's not going to be a top four guy for you. Is Matt Barzola a veteran? Yes. Matt absolutely. Barzola's played how many years in the league? Five years in the league now. He's absolutely a veteran. So is Chikrin. Then so is Dobson, right? Dobson's yeah, he's a vet. A, he's a young veteran. Yeah. What I'm saying is, Chikrin's what twenty-four years old. He's 24, about 24. Okay, yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is a guy who can handle top four minutes and has done it already, okay? Uh, but here's the thing. I, and I would like Sallow as a bottom pairing guy with Ajo as your number seven. George P. St. Stop. Let's talk cap. Uh, you do not have the money to sign Barzal. Uh, well, you don't have to sign him yet. That would be the next offseason. And to sign Dobson, he is an RFA this year. So I wonder what they're going to pay him. I'm sure it's going to be a short bridge deal. I'd love for us to do something long-term if we can manage to make that fit. And then you have to hope that you can unload some of the dead weight cheaply. It ain't going to happen. Mm. True. George true. He said, um, so this, well, if we get a top four and a top six, that how work out the dollars, it isn't going to happen. George P. If you were to go ahead and get rid of Josh Bailey, that frees up 5 million in cap space. If you were to go ahead and move a guy like Varlamov and you said, I don't need to pay my backup goalie who plays 30 regular season games a year, $5 million a year. You've cleared 10 million in cap space with two moves. I think well, Varlamov gets you value. If you move, right. If you're getting a guy like Chikrin, you're probably, you're, I, I would say they're probably going to want Pavilion instead of Josh Bailey. Grumpy yeah. throws in the idea, give them both, both. right? Both. That would yeah. free up you. That if you move all three of those guys, that frees you up 15 million in cap space, right? Between Varlamov, Bavillier, and Josh Bailey. Are they going to do that? Probably not. There's ways they can do it. There's ways they can move guys. They have the ability to make cap dollars and expand the cap space they have. Will they yeah, do they it? Do. That's the question. Yes. 100% agree. I love when people are like, you guys don't understand the cap. You know, it's not that George is not doing that. But I hear that a lot when we talk off-season. People will have guests, oh, you don't understand the cap. You don't understand this. No, we, we very, very complex understanding and knowledge of the cap. You have ways to free up cap space. You can move guys like Bailey. You can move guys like Anthony Bavilla. You can move Varlamov. That frees you up cap space. Are you willing to do that? Do you right. think that a backup goalie should get paid $5 million a year? I no. personally don't. Do I think a guy who plays 30 games, play, started 30 games, not even 30 games for us this year, does he deserve $5 million a year? No. I'd say not. Does a guy who is, you know, a bottom six forward on a good team who masquerades in a top six role, who was exposed in last year's expansion draft, does he deserve $5 million a year? I'd say probably not. Well, he only gets four, though. Oh, you're talking about oh, Bailey. Bailey gets five. Oh, yeah, Bailey. Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking no. about Bailey. No, he was exposed in expansion draft. Yeah. So, I mean, oh. like Bailey, and, <laughs> those are guys I think, right? Realistically, Bailey and Varlamov are two guys you can definitely, we don't need to see any more of. Right. Simple. You could free up cast space that way. And you have 12 million going into the season, too. Think about how shitty Georgiev was for the Rangers this year. Miserable. 
and again, they he faced a lot of hard opportunities too. We don't, you know, we don't leave our you know goalies and our backup goalie like they're they're facing a firing squad. Shosturkin was damn good this year. Georgiev was awful, but they still were able to put up more points than the other team was scoring. So it didn't matter if Georgiev was playing poorly and letting in a lot of goals. They were scoring enough goals to keep up with that pace. And in the playoffs, right? You're not worried about playing your backup goalie. And that's why this 1A, 1B system may work well in the regular season. In the playoffs, you have to ride one goalie. You can't switch and alternate game in and game out. You ride your goalie. Sorokin is your goalie. Take sure. advantage of the fact that he's only making $4 million a year. Your starting goalie, a guy who's a top five netminder in, in the league, only makes five, $4 million a year, right around $4 million a year. Take advantage of that. Get rid of the backup who makes $5 million. That's how you free up cap space. Yes. Andrew L says here, um, what about uh, Travis Sanheim? He'd be a good fit and a legit top four defenseman. Yeah, I don't think he's that great. They need a puck mover. They need a puck mover. I, I'm not a big fan of Travis Sanheim. He's all right. He was recently, maybe he wasn't. Oh, he plays for the Flyers? Oh, God, yeah, he still plays for Flyers. I thought he was traded at the deadline. I don't know why I thought that, but. Are the, the I don't think the Flyers are willing to trade a guy to an interdivisional rival who is you know 26 years old on a team that's you know in the rebuild. Maybe they're, if he gets good, he would be that you talk, that's a guy who's expensive. Their defense sucks. It does. Yeah. Brett W says, "Oh Lord, I hope Char retires. I'd be okay if they make him a coach and work him with the defense at Bridgeport." Why would he do that? Doesn't need to. Does no. he have? career aspirations to be a coach i don't know if he does right i'd love to have him on the coaching staff if he wants to be a coach that's all i gotta say um christopher c says here grumpy a very important question if you're a player and it's time for you to retire from the nhl would you do it even um would you do it even though deep down in your heart you don't because you grew up playing the game it was a part of your life for years would you let somebody younger erase your legacy in the sport that you've admired be honest I think you have you would have to come to the realization that he just couldn't do it anymore. He and knows. That, and I think I think he knows that too. I mean, and I loved the way he played down the stretch. He did not quit like so many of the other players did. Barzell didn't. Uh, Dobson didn't. Sorokin didn't. And Char most certainly didn't. That tells you something about the person. I think he's going to be honest with himself. I think he's been kind of cast the last two to three years. As soon as Boston let him go, I mean, they knew the handwriting was on the wall. Same thing with Washington. We know it too. And I think he knows it. He's got the record for most games by defenseman. Maybe that's what he was looking for. But if he objectively looks at it, or if you objectively look at it, you realize you can't get the job done anymore. Yeah. And that's yeah. when it's time to step away. Yep. And again, I, I don't think anybody erases his legacy. He's one of a kind. There will never be another big Z. And he understands and he trusts me. He knows that he can't do it anymore. No he knows one, better than all of us. No one is going to remember if he retires this year, his last year, we will. But, you know, the Islanders and uh, Capitals, no one's going to remember that. They're going to remember that 2011 Stanley Cup. They're going to remember him as being the dominating force out there Quick. all by himself, able to stop teams. Yeah, and we got a lot of comments to jump through here, okay. so we're going to have to do this quickly. Brad C. says, um, who are the three stars for you this year? I've got Sorokin is one, Dobson is two, and three is Brock Nelson. Or actually, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redirect that. I put 
Oh, shit. I guess I put Brock Nelson three. That's fine. It's whatever. I, the only reason I put Dobson higher is because of the monumentous step he took. Oh, Dobson was certainly uh, a higher star than Nelson, but I would give Nelson number three star, yes. There we go. Uh, Robert, Robert C. says here, and we get a top four defenseman and a top line winger for Barzal in free agency and bring in Bodie Wild, have Green and possibly Chara come back to play as a seventh defenseman, help Wild. Um, I love Robert, that picture. I love that picture. I love the yeah. picture. Bodie Wild, Grump, remember, we've got to go quick, Grump. We've got a lot of comments to get through. We're already at two hours, um, but we're at a time period to where Bodie Wild played in the second Swedish elite league. So he didn't play in the Swedish elite league. He played the league underneath it. And he was, he wasn't even a top line guy every night for them. Bodie wild has got a long way to go before he's ready, unfortunately. And I think Char and green are both retiring. True. And it'll have to be a legitimate top four defenseman. Um, yeah. Flumpy scum saying, Hey guys, the scump won his first football game. Give me a hell. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. They're flumpy skumpkin, a flumpy skumpy. Um, Alice 44 said, uh, what is their record this year without Pelic? He missed or with and without Pelic. He Pulak. missed or Pulak. I'm sorry. He missed 26 games. You'll have to give me a chance. I'll have to write that down. Yeah, we'll look it up. I'm going to bet it's about the same as what it is now. Nothing different, honestly. Versus the team that our team is better without Pulak. If yeah. it is, that's the case. You know, he is an important and valuable member of the team. So. It's not like I would assume it's probably a better record just based off of how we started the year. And he got injured kind of like midway through. Um, Alexander says that was a hell of a move by Bailey, but uh, he still sucks. True. <laughs> Alice Ford first said, I'm trying to catch some flies with honey, he says. And TJ, how about that no hitter yesterday by the Mets? Yeah, the the cumulative no hitter. Gotta love it. Yep. Um, I hope Lou trades his ass. Oh, God. Um, eh, yeah. I worry about him. Can he go ahead and, and construct a team as needed with the trades the offseason? That's a whole different question. Um, I think he was talking about Bailey, trading Bailey. Oh, hope he trades is that. Okay, Bailey. That's right. That's correct, Grumpy. Um, Paulo C said here, um, the three stars this year were Sorokin, 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 and maybe Dobson. No forwards. I'd maybe give Nelson. No, i give Nelson. He had a career year. i give it to him. Alexander said, Grumpy, I'm sorry. I disagree with you about Everly. Everly flourished with Barzal. He was a fit with Matt Barzal. True, he was, but he was 32 years old. He wasn't going to get any better. How did he look for Seattle this year? 44 points. And he started off really, really hot. They had to get rid of salary cap money. No problem there. Alice 44 said um, they need to dump Bailey. I agree. They screwed up his development by bringing him up so young and being stuck on terrible teams. At the end of the day, it's on him. But um, uh, he's a bit of of what it is for me. Yeah, he just he's an underwhelming. He's a bit talent. of a what if. I'm sorry for he's me. He's a he's a complimentary piece on a good team. He's a good third liner. Yeah, solid citizen. George P said, "Just gonna have you mail it to me, Grump." Well, that's that's one way we could do it to mail the envelope. I feel, I feel like it'd be fun. I don't care. You can mail it to me, Grump. We could, we oh, could okay. figure it out. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Scott L saying here, Pajot will have a bounce back here next year. I think he can have a little bit of bounce back. I think towards the tail end he played better. How much of a bounce back? I'm not sure, but I I, I hope he plays like the Pajot we became, you know, infatuated with and love that you know plays with his hair on fire and is aggressive and fights and stands up for every inch of ice that the team has. And you do do realize he was our third third highest goal scorer this year too, eighteen. Okay, Did you I, have, I mean, I really, I wouldn't have. I was shocked. Oh, he has eighteen goals. I didn't know that. He scored a lot towards the tail end. Yeah, a lot he of guys. Scored, did. Yeah, 
Um, Scott L said, uh, I heard on a broadcast last night, Palmieri had seven goals he supposedly scored this year overturned. I guess for goaltender interference at or maybe stop interfering with the damn goaltender. Maybe another player did, and he was the one who shot the puck and it counted and went into the net. Or maybe he had a few that he kicked in. He had a whole bunch of those. But here's the thing: Kyle Palmieri underwhelmed this year. What a shock! He he just did. Simple as that. Frank K is saying here: I've got no faith in Lou and Barry anymore. I'm definitely right there. I think I'm, I'm more skeptical of Lou and Barry both this year after this year. No doubt in my mind. Um, TJ Redcoat saying here: No, no, Grumpy. Uh, he's not anal retentive. He's a retentive anal. Oh, he has a retentive anal. Oh, thank you there, TJ Redcoats. Paulo C said, TJ, I don't want Nick Letty. Please, at any price. You forgot how soft. I don't want Nick Letty, but I could see the team doing that. If they don't think about it, if they don't free up cap space by trading away a guy like Varlamov or, or Josh Bailey, they're going to look to make sure that they can fit within the cap, and I could see them looking at Nick Letty. I hope they don't, and I hope they free up the cap space. Prediction? If they bring back Nick Letty as a top four defenseman, we're not making playoffs next year. Not happening. It will be an underwhelming offseason, to say the least. TJ Raycoat says, and oh, by the way, yesterday I wasn't trying to say Jason Alexander had cancer in his brain. Um, I, TJ called George Harrison, George Costanza. George Harrison died because of cancer spread to his brain. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Varlamov is going nowhere, says Frank K. That's right. I don't think he's going anywhere, but just think about it. We're paying a guy who plays 30 games a year, $5 million. We're paying him over 6% of the cap, and he plays not even freaking half of the games every year. That's a problem. He's not your goalie when the playoff comes rolling around. He Right when the playoffs are there, he's your backup. That's a problem. That's a guy that's expendable. He has really? value to other teams. He just wears the hat. That's all he does. Fuck. We're paying a guy who plays 30 games a year, $6 million. Gotta freaking love it. Or is it five? Five. Okay, we're paying him five. Keep jumping it up. Seven million, eight million dollars. We're paying him five million dollars a year. Mm. Um, George P said, TJ, you suck at math concepts. Five million dollars when you ha- when you have overpaid almost when you have overpaid most of the average players is a lot. Yeah, no, I'm I'm saying you could free up cash space like that. I'm not sure. Maybe that's from earlier. SP said, watching Wallstrom talking about tough love and um and the like, you can tell he's not happy at all. And what Barzal says makes it seem like, uh, I'd love to say, but Trotz needs to go. Yep. Yeah. Frank saying, what's up? What's up, Frank? How are you? Jack W saying, hey, guys. So who do you think will be captain after Anders Lee? Matt, ugh, should Shit, be Matt Barzell already. If Barzell re-signs with the team, it should be Matt Barzell anyway. I could see Pellick being captain before Matt Barzell. I really could. Okay. Is that weird to say? You can say whatever you like. It's a free show. Okay. The Cousin Mo says here, I'm just excited to see Ratu and DeFore, honestly. Yeah, I'll be watching out for him. Bridgeport playoffs on the way, as well as some, again, junior playoffs. You gotta love it. Paulo C said, uh, I forgot about the overtime games. Look at Sorokin's record compared to team's record or compared to the team record. He finished 26, 26 wins, 18 losses. Um, and a nine to five save percentage for seven shutouts. He was fantastic. Yep. Absolutely fantastic. Um, 
And uh, Nick D said here, Nick D, you missed the opening. You'll have to go back and look at that earlier. Grumpy opened up his predictions. He says, TJ Grump, how you doing tonight? Doing well. Hopefully you are too, Nick. Mario says, isn't it interesting that fans blame COVID-19 for a bad season, but never credit COVID-19 for the two trips to the Eastern Conference Finals? Mario, do not bring up cognizant and, and well-thought-out points because that could upset the apple cart, my friend. I'm kind of like those fans. I don't blame the COVID-19 for the bad season, but I absolutely credit COVID-19 for the two trips to the Eastern Conference Final. Yep. So uh, here's the thing, right? I think that it did have it did have an impact just because we would we were not in a playoff position when COVID-19 hit the first time we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's as simple as that, Grum. True. SP said here, uh, I give us a straight-up F. Um, we came bottom seven. Um, we came bottom seven and got a good draft pick. You know, I'd give him maybe a D or a D plus, but the fact that we played out, we played out of a good pick at the end is just so sad to watch. Um, I'll stick with the D. Uh, Nick D saying here, except for uh, Phil, uh, Philly, uh, every team that we beat in the playoffs uh, in the past three years are in the playoffs and we're not D minus. Yeah. I, I guess, you know, when you say, it's Stanley Cup or bust, and you don't make the playoffs. I guess that would be called an F, right? I'd I'd say it's a D. Well, they're probably looking at D plus. That's why I put that. Um, and we lost, and we lost many in a row, uh, and couldn't win a few in a row. We only run a few in a row rarely. Yeah, we didn't really go on any long winning streaks. We did right before the trade deadline, and that was it. Frank K said the Islanders get an F, except for goaltending. Brock Nelson, Dobson, and Lane Lambert, Lou and Trotz. You're an F. Terrible job by both. I'm sure Grumpy would agree. Uh, SP said, Grump, I'd say Montreal is better off than we are because, you know, because <laughs> they got they get they get a worse pick. They get a better pick at third overall and also have some young guns. This season was a complete and utter failure on all fronts except Sorokin and Dobson. I agree. In the, uh, lo- in the long run, Montreal has a better roster than we do with the youth on that team. Yes. GK said here, um, we were not, we were, uh, or we were just not good. We we're just not good. A good team this year and the previous the previous last three seasons as well. We just overachieved the last three years and we played uh we played to our expectations this year. Agreed. So taking the, the standpoint of we weren't a great team, we just overachieved. And this year we just played to what the expectation should be. Gotcha. Paulo C said Grumpy Vegas with a big freaking F. Yes. Agreed. Big F. And especially with the trade they made. And it, just flopped right on its face, giving up what they gave up. I mean, that's 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 close to an F minus for Vegas this year. That, that's an F. That they failed. They gave up young, talented players out of the future of that team. They gave okay. up Alex Tuck and came out with a worse winning record after they traded um, traded for Jack Eichel than what 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 the Buffalo's record was when they acquired Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs. Yeah, I'm gonna give Eichel a mulligan for this year since he was a year and a half out from playing with the injury and going to a new system, he gets judged on next year. But it was a bad year for Vegas. I mean, you make a trade like that and you don't make the playoffs after going to the Western Conference Finals, I give him a D. Okay. Dobson. Yep, he definitely was a big plus. Teacher Rico says, I think this team plays better when they have low expectations. True. I do agree with that. When they're kind of down and out and people don't expect much room, they do play better. D minus, says Frank. Uh, New York Rangers Mike says Tampa versus Calgary in the finals, and Tampa Bay will win the cup. That'd be, that fun, be a fun, fun series. Wouldn't it be fun to watch? Yep. I'm picking Tampa to re or to three Pete, says Brett W. 
That'd be, you know, I, I it'd be nice to watch. SP said, my bracket has a Stanley Cup Finals match of the Avalanche versus the Panthers with the Avalanche finally winning the cup. I don't know if the Avalanche are uh, tough enough, if you know what I mean, win a cup. I don't think they're playoff type of team. I don't think, yeah, I think tough enough is a good way to put it. They don't have a lot of meat on the back end. They remind me of Tampa five years ago. They need some grit. Alexander says Brock Nelson is the next man up for the C if he sticks around. No freaking way. Joseph C said, I know Tampa is battle tested, but I can't see them making three consecutive deep runs in the playoffs. Maybe uh, to the, the conference finals, but not win another cup, says Joseph. Well, they should be so exhausted because they played that extra round the last two years. And, you know, they shouldn't they, even have made the playoffs. They've had shorter off seasons and they've been playing an extra week to two weeks longer than we have every single the last two years. And now they're going to have an even longer year this year. I don't know how they have enough tank or gas left in the tank. How is it possible, Grump? I don't even know how they made the playoffs. That's right, because when you get to that deep in the playoffs, you make it to the Eastern Conference Finals in back-to-back years, you get less time to recover in the offseason, and it's just impossible to continue to head on that track. Impossible, another, Grump. Another excuse. Robert C. says here, I have very little faith on either of them. It has to change quickly or else. Talking about, I'm sure, you know, Lou and Barry. Yeah. yeah. Um, does Parise come back next year? He's signed to an extension, Scott. So, yeah, he's coming back. Um, he's played well. I don't mind him coming back. He's got that one-year contract going back. But, um, yeah, so he'll be with us next year. Brett W. says, I think Bellows can eventually be a consistent 25-goal score. I in, think the right, in the right situation, yes. If he plays top six minutes for an 82-game season, that's a guy who can put up 20, 25 goals a season. No doubt yep. in my mind. Frank K. says here, the Wings will either hire John Tortorella or Joe Quinville if allowed. Ooh, I can see man. him going after Quinville. I really could. Oh, man. Talk about a fit. If they allow him. Yeah, Nick D said, New York Rangers, Mike. Um, ooh. <laughs> the 2004 Stanley Cup Finals with Calgary win it this time. Oh, wow. Repeat of the 2014 Stanley Cup Finals, but Calgary winning. Has Calgary ever won a cup before? Yes. They beat, uh, gosh, it was 1988 Montreal, I think, in the finals. Okay, before I was born. Uh, Brett W. says, yes, they resigned him already. Um, we got here Frank K. saying, no, under youth killer, Barry Trotz, Bellos won't sniff 10 goals. He had nine goals this year, but, yeah, think about that. Playing bottom six minutes. Yeah. Playing 11 minutes a night, nine goals. Um, ooh, SP said, I predict a New York Rangers second-round exit. That would not surprise me. Nor would it I. Nikki said, which Canadian team has the best chance to go as far as they can? I say Calgary. I think Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. Calgary for certain. Um, Frank says, yeah, it seems like Lou wants to spread the money out to everybody almost evenly. He has overpaid so many guys. Unfortunately, you have to have cheaper guys on the bottom of your roster and the expense and the better players get the lion's share of the cash. The spreading it out, having a whole team of third liners does not work. Your yeah. bottom line making $10 million a year does not work. Frank K saying the Rangers will beat the Penguins in five games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm interested to see how Tristan Jari plays this postseason. Yeah, Rangers get exited out first or fast in the first round. Okay, gotcha. Rangers win. I say six Ranger wins. Six, six Rangers, they're going to win the series in six games. The Rangers aren't losing to the Penguins. Yeah, I was about to say, I think they're going to beat the Penguins, but it should be a close series. Frank Hayes said, where's the goaltending coming from for Pittsburgh? Neither guy is reliable talking about Tristan Yari. 
Louis F saying Penguins in six. Apollo uh, C saying here Colorado will go to the finals because they have they've lost enough. Um, I, or we'll go to the finals because they lost enough. I see something in them this year that I didn't see before. The eye of the tiger. Eye of the tiger. Colorado's great for certain. They are. Um, got to trade number eighteen. Anthony Bavillier says Rob G. Yeah, if he's got value and they don't they don't lowball you on him, I have no problem moving him. Pittsburgh, they are not going to do well against the Rangers, or they didn't do well against the Rangers or the Islanders. And Rangers will make it out uh, against the Penguins in six, based on what goaltending their defense is terrible. Too talking about Pittsburgh, um, Mike R. They're saying the only team that might have a chance to beat Tampa is Calgary. Calgary can score uh, and at the same time play the defensive system. That's why Daryl Sutter, it, who's won two cups with the, with the Kings, he's a really good coach. For certain he, he is. He brought his system into Calgary, but didn't just restrict them from scoring. He tailored his system to fit the players he had. That's what really good coaches do. Frank Hay said, if the Islanders start out horrible, or they start horrible out of the gate, then fire the two dinosaurs, um, or you're facing 8,000 to 9,000 a night in UBS Arena. They're both going to see out the whole year. <sighs> Shit. George P said, who's buying season tickets after seeing this? Hey, it only increased $1. When a team came off a two, back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals, hey, we're only going to see a dollar increase after we didn't make the playoffs and finish 16 points out of a spot. Alexander said, you can move Bavillier and add a piece to either the defense or the top line, include him in a package. Yeah, I think he's a package-type guy. Um, Rangers Mike says here, Tampa Bay in four or five against Toronto Rangers in six over Pittsburgh, Boston in six over Carolina. Wow. Boston over Carolina. I I think Carolina's beaten Boston. Carolina absolutely owns ball. Again, Boston's not a fleet, a team that's fleet of foot. Carolina's dominated them all year. We can do, we could do this, right? I think Tampa beats Toronto. Wouldn't you say that grump for the first round? I think the Rangers are beating Pittsburgh. I'm not sure in how many games, but I think they do that. I think Carolina beats Boston. Yeah, Florida, Florida beats Washington. Ooh, St. Louis or Minnesota, Grump. Who do you that's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna go seven. And I want to pick St. Louis, but man, oh man, they're really evenly matched. I think Minnesota, because it's the first time they struggled a bit. I mean, first time in a while. They were in the playoffs last year, but they they got bounced in the first round last year, right? Yeah, I believe so. Actually, I'm going Minnesota. Right, who so can he continue to keep it up? Bennington probably not the same. I'm going Minnesota. Okay, you got me. I'm Minnesota. Ooh, I've got Edmonton over the Kings. So do I. Edmonton over the Kings. I'm putting Colorado over the Predators. So same those here. are our predictions for the first round of the playoffs. Um, uh, Paulo C and then the Calgary. Yep, I got Calgary over Dallas as well. Yes. Um, Paulo C says here, TJ, first thing, Bavilli is a 24-year-old left wing. He'll be 25 to start the year. Second thing, he is our best left wing going forward. He has nothing to do with Nelson because uh, he's 30 years old. He's a center. So because of this, I would trade Nelson. And he's got greater value than Bavillier as well. Mm. He does. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, Bavillier is just so inconsistent. Uh, you know, that, that's the issue with him. Right, Grumpy? Say that again, TJ. I'm sorry. I said Bavillier is so inconsistent. I think that's the biggest problem with him is oh. the consistency, right? It's not like he's a guy who's 20 years old or 21. He's uh, he's, he's still entering vet, vet he, in the league territory. Yeah, but he's, he's only 24. 
Okay. Oh, I, yes, and he is streaky. He is. He's if you put him five years with the Islanders, to me, if he goes to a team like Calgary, he's really good. He's 50, 60 points a year. Teams, the teams that skate, he'd be really good on those teams where he didn't have to worry about being a grinder type. The guy they let him play offensively, he'd be much better on a team like that. This is his, I'm sorry, I said fifth. This is his sixth year in the NHL. I'm sorry. Inconsistent. I brand him as inconsistent. He's no longer young. He's played since he's 19 years old in the league. He's 24, about to be 25. Hold it. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's 24 years old. 24 years old in 326 days. You've inconsistent. Sorry. He's got the brand for me. You got to prove it. You got to prove me wrong at this point. Been in the league six years. George P says two number ones. Islanders Kool Aid think we'll get that for Josh Bailey. Ugh, I can't. No. I, you know, I don't. Josh Bailey, honestly, second round pick on a contender. If you moved him at the deadline, that's what I think you could have got for him. I don't know why they didn't do it. Rangers Mike saying here, Tampa Bay and Calgary in the finals. I got Tampa Bay winning in six. My sleepers this year are the Rangers in the East and St. Louis in the West. The Rangers will advance until they meet Tampa in the East. Uh, the Rangers beat or Tampa beats the Rangers in five or six to go to the finals. I think the Rangers have actually played Tampa really good this year. I think they've had a winning record against them. They have. The playoffs are a different animal and a different beast. So having that little bit of experience, I think, really does matter for them. Um, and Frank's saying, how did they get three superstar forwards? They know Fantastic how to, drafting. They know how to draft. Two guys were in second rounders. I thought Braden Point was a third-round guy. Okay, maybe he is. Wasn't Kucherov a second rounder or was he a first rounder? Oh, Kucherov, was a, he was a later pick. Let me see. Um, I know that um, – Stamkos was number one pick overall when he came out. And maybe maybe Point was a third rounder. Braden Point's 79th pick in the draft, so he was a third round guy. That's a third rounder, yeah. I thought Kucherov was also a later pick, too. I thought he was a second for some reason. I want to say he was a second. Not quite sure, though. It was a while ago. But bottom line is you're getting great value on play, a potential Hall of Fame players Later in the draft. He was a late second round pick, 58th overall. Nikita yeah. Kucherov. There you go. Yeah, man, oh, man. The Islanders drafted Johannes Sundstrom at number 50, eight picks before that. So, but yeah, hey, he was late, you know, late second round pick and a third round pick. Yeah. Um, policy says here, Bavillier has an, ooh, you're right? Yeah, no. I got, I got, I got bit by something today. Oh. It's hurting uh, the back of my neck. Bavillier has an upswing because of his age. Nelson doesn't. Um, so you need to get younger, not older. That's why he's recommending trading Nelson instead of Bavillier. I'm just saying Nelson's value is never higher than it is right now. That's yeah, all. they're going to go for a cup this year. They're not trading him. Um, Helen Ke Helen Yeller says here, I think the Penguins win in five or six. What do you guys think about that? I don't know. I've got yeah, that's that's going to be a tough one to predict because Pittsburgh knows how to win in the playoffs with Crosby and Malkin and Latang, and the Rangers are neophytes. Shesterkin's playing every one of those games. It's not going to be oh, yeah. you have a net. So, you know, I think the goalie advantage goes to the Rangers. I think, you know, forwards, I think, might be slightly in favor of the Rangers. Defense is, I think, kind of a toss-up. Mario yeah. says here, um, obviously, playoff experience goes in favor of Pittsburgh, though. Um, Mario says, it is not it is no coincidence that Barzal and Bervillier struggled this season. Don't forget that even Ovechkin and Backstrom also had down years with Barry Trotz. True. Yeah. 
Rob G said he likes the Penguins over the Rangers. The the Islanders and the rain and the Rangers beat the Penguins a lot. Yeah, uh, those those interconference games are tough. We were one two and zero against the Penguins this year, but usually we play pretty well against them. Um, I like the Oilers for the Cup, says Helen Yeller. I could see them making a run, but I'm not sure of the Cup. No. Um, Frank here saying uh, it will be interesting to see what the Islanders do. Um, it, it, the Islanders do. They better do like the Jets did in the draft. Have a great draft. Jets had a great draft. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, oh, Helen Yellers thinks Zach Zach Wilson is going to be a bust, but that's just her. I don't oh, know. Oh, too early. Too early. Too early is right. Rob G says here the Islanders just need one dynamic goal scorer. I think they need two. At least one. And, a, you know, a top four defenseman. Frank says, no way. He's the real deal talking about, yeah, Zach Wilson. I agree. I think he's got he's got real talent. But you got to wait to see. Policy said, watch out for Boston. They're going to beat Carolina because of their top line in the power play is very good. And Carolina's goaltending is questionable. That's right. Frederick Anderson is kind of – is he still playing? Is he banged up right now? I think he's banged up. So he's out for some reason. Well, why don't you pull that up as I read through a few more comments. Drew okay. Ellis says here, uh, what are these hockey trades that Lou means by uh, by am I or why am I am I stupid or something? No, um, he's not going to be making a lot of – I think he's going to make a few moves, but who knows. It can't just be a small move where you add like a, a role piece, right? We need a we need a big core piece here going forward. we got to add two, I think, core pieces to the team. And that's what I mean by it. it's got to be a big offseason in that way. SP said, Grump. I'm gonna quote you back. I'm gonna quote you back at you. Um, I'm gonna throw this quote back at you. There ain't no way in hell an offensive talent is coming here to play for Barry Trotz. True, agreed. But you can trade for him, or you can force them to go there. Mark Nelson has the bushiest eyebrows in the NHL by far. Oh gosh. Um, got a company from uh, Rangers, Mike Boston will beat Carolina because of the production line 37, 63 and 88 best scoring line in the postseason. Carolina, definitely not that good with, um, TAD in, uh, in Shea, Braden Shea. Um, and that, is that, uh, who's TAD Grump? TAD? Tony D'Angelo. Um, yeah. I think, yes. um, yeah, I think he meant Tony D'Angelo. Um, also Carolina's goaltending. Is he healthy yet Grump? He's not healthy right now, and he hasn't been on the ice. I'm trying to find out. He uh, wound up getting into some type of injury when he got collided with someone. Uh, so he's, still, he's still hurt. He's still hurt. Gotcha. Yes. SP said, Grump, got to call him the Green Goblin after Willem Dafoe. William oh. Dafoe, Grumpy. Oh, okay. The Green Goblin. That's cool. Nobody is taking them talking about uh, Varlamov or Josh Bailey. I don't know, George. I think Varlamov, you can get somebody to take Varlamov. Look at some of these teams. Look at the goaltenders they've got. A team would would salivate over the especially if it's for the right price for a second or a third round pick, a team would snatch up Varlamov on a heartbeat, an absolute heartbeat. And it gives us the cap release, the cap, the cap, uh, you know, freedom that we need to be a little bit more adding to the offensive side of the puck. Islanders big fan says, Hi guys, what's up, Islanders fan here? Um Grumpy, I don't want to see you retire from the podcast, especially from the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm not retiring. You're forcing you into retirement, Grumpy. Oh, man. Well, I think because we were talking about, you know, maybe somebody was trying to hint that I'm past my prime. I'd say that. I don't try to hint. I say that all the time, Grump. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, JK says, in my opinion, this year is a data point. Next year really determines uh, what this team is and what needs to be done. Okay. Jake's allowed to have an opinion. Yeah. Uh, SP said here, sell the veterans, stockpile picks, 
suck next season, get a top five pick for 2023, get rid of Trotz and Lou, sign um, but or sign big name free agents, um, would be a really fast retool. I'm all for that. Nick D says here that's an excellent point, Mario. Blame COVID and cheer for COVID. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah and Marshall, what's up? How are you? He says hello. Uh, JK says here the owners will not tolerate a losing team and more importantly, an empty arena. That's the big thing. Calgary did win in 1989. Yep, Calgary beat Montreal. Thank you for that there, guys. Um, and I'm the biggest Penguin fan right now. Okay. Yeah, I, hate the Rangers. I don't think they're a real threat to win the Cups, so I don't mind them. Yeah, their fans are pretty miserable, though. Except the ones that listen to this show, that's those are the best. Those are the best Ranger fans, right? Yeah, they are. They are nice. The people who are Ranger fans who uh, tune into this podcast are really good people. But you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. A lot of Ranger fans really give Islander fans hell. Um, SP said here the fact that no one on the team had even 60 points is embarrassing. True. It is. Policy said, "Yep." Um, in 1986. Montreal beat to Calgary. Okay. Um, Rantanen isn't beating Boston. Anderson most likely is out. Boston in six. Panthers in four. Wow. Capitals have no goaltending. I say maybe Panthers in five. Um, why is Bavillier streaky? WTF. Because he'd go through streaks where he hits a lot of points on the board and then he'll go completely silent. Wouldn't you agree, Grump? Yes. Um, and you can tell by if you're hearing his name, Skating up and down the wing, going into corners, you know he's on his game. Mm -hmm. When you don't hear Ant saying anything about Anthony Bavillier, you know he's struggling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Kyle Palmieri has the bushiest arms. He in does. NFL. He needs he to does. send that stuff for free. He looks like a freaking gorilla. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jeff D said here, dream offseason moves. Sign Goudreau and trade for Chikrin. I think that the, the dream offseason would be I don't think Goudreau has any chance of coming here. I think it would be Philip Forsberg and Chikrin. And the thing about Philip Forsberg, he's coming off a career year. Just makes me wonder a bit. Yeah. Frank saying, you're in the beginning of your prime, grumpy old man. Thanks, Frank. I think the Wild are going to play against Tampa, and um, and Tampa wins the cup. Okay. Yeah. No Chikrin. He's overrated. Plus, why would they trade him? The Wild are sneaky. Good point, Drew. I don't know, Grumpy. I, you know, I think I think Chikrin is a guy who is young enough, and if he played, at, he's played for such a shitty team in Arizona for so long, it makes you wonder how much of that actually affects what you think of him as a player on the ice. Because he plays for a bad team, he's got bad line mates. Yeah, bad but sense pairing. Yeah, but he also probably scores more points than he should because he's the focal point out there. He plays what twenty five minutes a night. Yep. So you know that means you're getting a hell of a lot more ice time. But yeah, Grumpy, we're here at the end of today's show. What do you want to say before we wrap things up? I just want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens, and even those who don't, from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We are officially in the off-season. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not going anywhere. Make sure, if you're new to the show, to subscribe on YouTube, to like on Facebook, and follow on Twitter. We go live every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure you subscribe to the channel on YouTube, like on Facebook, and follow on Twitter. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Oh, we got a few more comments. Um, uh, but he's having a really bad season, 20 points, something like that. No, Bavillier. I mean, he had 34 talking points. talking about Chikrin. He's talking oh, about Chikrin. Chikrin. Oh, yeah, Chikrin. Uh, he only played 40 games. He got hurt. Uh, Jeff D said here, uh, if no Goudreau, do you think the Islanders could trade for Patrick Laine? 
I think he is a restricted free agent and could be a sniper for Matt Barzal. Yes. Hmm. But I, it, I don't, why would Columbus let him leave? I was about to say Columbus, they're going to want to sign him. He's part of their, their future plans for certain. Yeah. But thank you everybody for tuning in and listening. Thank you. Grumpy old man. No problem. My pleasure. <laughs> Tomorrow night, listen to TJ and grumpy old man show. Um, we're going to have a NFL draft review. Maybe we're some fan fights. I didn't know we were doing that, Grump. That's news to me. Um, yes, you could find TJ and the Grumpy Old Man's podcast. It is a sports podcast. We talk all sports all the time. Happens every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Every Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You could find it as a featured page here on our YouTube channel, or you could find it there in the link in the description below where you go to the channel. You could find TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Again, thank you, Grumpy Old Man. Yes, that's right. Frank reminds us, hit the thumbs up button. That's right. Hit the thumbs up, ladies and gents. Thank like you, Ken Grump. Yep, thank, thank you. Thank you, Frank.